climbed in the bigger yard. Shook the stars in the bottle over high seas. Getting drunk on vodka and high sea. 85 proof spoofs in my airplane. Surely lost in a blotch on a bear's mane. Edit out of a flick with a red frame. Hit the road, seems his toad needs a spare chain. Frog in the throat, stoked to clear it all. Leave the dust in the wind on a crystal ball. Two steps in the dark, find the biggest fall. Hit the head with a hope that I'll leave the hall. Till Kurt Jackson gets half his rent. Paid by Clark, can I tell you that it ain't that far fetched? I part tense by rivers, unload quivers. 122, extracted from a sixer. Strain the elixir. Hey! Open my mind's on the fixture. So be a friend of Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. And sitting on us today, we got who? Becca Steinhoff. What Becca up? Steinhoff. Yeah, you got to get on the mic. All right. Becca Steinhoff, up. more pickles and jars once again. Yeah, more pickles, <laughs> and, more pickles jars. and jars. Three guys on. Although usually we don't even have jars. No. So jars. I guess it's a step up to have yeah. at least jars. Oh, I get had it. one jar. No, I'm, I'm the jar. We yeah, have jar. one jar. Oh, that took it's, a second. It's yeah, this is Frankie French's uh, <laughs> description of the podcast. When she's on, more pickles than jars. More pickles than jars. We've never had more jars no. than pickles. We've had... Have we ever had an equal number? No. I don't even think we've done no. that. No. One time we had two women but three men. I mean, you can't mess up the ratio. There's still more pickles than No. Yeah. We've, too many women talking ruins the whole thing. That's you yeah. Too many blower, my blackness off. Women, so, <laughs> yeah, yapping everywhere. Just yapping. <laughs> well, I'm the only Jew. How's that feel? <laughs> well, it's something. Yeah. Uh, more pickles than Jews. There you go. I, you know, Jews love pickles. So. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> It's a full circle situation. the blunt pickles. I thought you guys were making fun of me because my best friends own a pickling company. Oh, that's right. <laughs> really? My two best friends who I introduced to each other are now engaged, and they own a company that produces pickles and pickled produce. Didn't you work for them for a little while? Okay. I, I consider myself an honorary employee of their company, mm. given that I introduced them. What a, what a pickle pro- product. <laughs> what a pickle, What indeed. are pickle products. Yeah. Just pickles. Yeah, one day. Just what? pickles. <laughs> and pickled produce. Oh, right. Other things like that are pickled. Like beets and shit. Pickled beets. Pickled yeah. beets. Pickled pig's feet. Sure oh, man, they're really good. I like them. <laughs> pickle all of that stuff. You can pickle that. Pickle everything. <laughs> People think you can't pickle potato chips. I'm telling you what, you can. I'm telling you that you can. <laughs> you can pickle ta- tater chips. Uh, that song we just listened to, uh, the little, we'll tease this, was... Um, came to our attention because it's produced by a guy named Wayne Beats. W-E-I-G-N, not not Wayne, like Lil Wayne. Uh, Wayne Beats is a producer who, um, this this is from his SoundCloud page if you want to find it. The song is called Synesthesia. Mm-hmm. Wayne and Hash Adams, so I guess was rapping. Wayne uh, helped a friend of the podcast, Chad Heft, produce a podcast intro song that we will play, uh, will debut at some point during this episode. Um, I think you guys like it. I, I listened to it already a couple times. Uh, Chad, who has been on the podcast as well, he was one of the pickles a couple months ago. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah, he was a, a pickle, and then he uh, he lives in Idaho. Lives in Boise. I guess Wayne Beats lives in Idaho, unless Chad flew him in for something. And um, now we have then two intro songs that people have sent us. So mm-hmm. once people hear Chad's, I'm assuming the floodgates will open, and now other people will start trying to compete. With Chad and uh, Abbasi, so we'll get to that in a little bit. Good stuff. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. I'm trying to. I'm looking to see if we have any emails this week because I don't. I didn't check before we recorded. We have no. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing's coming up. 
We should have prepared before we start recording. Probably. What, who are you texting? Uh, somebody's asking me about the podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, before we get into it, uh, thanks to everyone who came out to see me this week at the Big Hunt in, um, in D.C. on Saturday. I had a great time. I hope everyone else did. Also, I was at uh, the Green Room of the Draft House on Thursday. I was at the Big Hunt Friday, Green Room Thursday. Uh, so thanks to everyone who came out. And my Cavalcade of July shows continues on Wednesday, July 27th. I will be at the DC Improv in the main room on the 5 for 5 showcase with Denise Taylor hosting, Benji Himmelfarb, John Conroy, Kason Wilson, Jason Weems, mm-hmm. and me. That sounds like a great so, show. That's a fantastic lineup. So come to that. Uh, I think it's 8 o'clock or maybe 7.30. Main room, huh? Yeah, main room. They're doing this 5 for 5 showcase every few months. So those are in the main room. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Local showcase. Sure. Uh, thank you to my man that uh, I cannot remember your name. You spoke to me at the um, in the grill show on Friday night. Uh, you're a podcast listener, and you uh, came to the show. You were in at town from, from California. You came to the show. So uh, thank you, man. We appreciate you. I remember that guy. I brought you. Himself. I brought you a drink. <laughs> I do. I do remember that. So. Oh, you 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 bought you bought him one. Gave him some, I think it was in bourbon. I gave him some brown. Okay, a glass of brown. He was in town from like L.A. or something. Yeah, in town from L.A. Yeah. Uh, send us an email. Came to our show, and none of us were on it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry Buddy about had that. But he had a good time. It was a good show. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, on it. Becca yes, was on Becca it. Becca was on it. Yeah, we had a pickle or a jar. Yeah, we had a jar. At least one jar. I'm not sure I like this. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Oh, good. <laughs> Pickles and jars. That's, That's very clear. We're going to wear it. Before this episode is done, we'll never do it again. Yeah. <laughs> More pickles and jars. There just has to be like a better example uh, than a job. Oh, there are hundreds What's of better. Yeah, oh, there's a thousand, but we didn't come up with it. <laughs> More, <laughs> you are using Frankie it. Frankie right. us, we were like, oh, we like that. <laughs> More hot dogs than buns. There you go. That's a good I one. would much rather be a bun. A bun than a jar? Well, because like, here's the thing. You fill a bun with a hot dog, More it's n- full. More knives. You put one pickle in a jar, there's still plenty of room in that More jar. More knives and yeah. forks? Yeah. I will be the whole, the whole silverware drawer. A jar... <laughs> does sort of seem like it's wide open. It's wide open like, you know, and mostly empty or yeah. filled with liquid. All jars are, yeah, filled <laughs> or with Or brine, liquid. as the just, case yeah. may be. <laughs> it's just briny, just a briny broth. I do not enjoy feeling like a briny jar. <laughs> just a briny you broth. You rarely see a tight jar, <laughs> you know? They're all loose. You yeah, know? if we could get like a couple different jars, I could like pick the one, like yeah. a nice long slender jar. Right, right. You know. Prop- I guess like one of those candles or something. Those, yeah. those fancy candles. Yeah, okay. Well, Frankie should have, she should have rethought <laughs> Thanks, that. Thanks, Frankie. Let's say. I'll call her later. Yeah, it's too late now. <laughs> too late now. We have no emails. I just checked. Actually. No? No podcast mm, emails. Maybe we'll get some suggestions on what to call uh, women. Slowing down on the job. <laughs> well, how do we refer Jerks. to women, guys? <laughs> we tried well, broads. We call, we call them that. No, no. Man. We need to keep with inanimate objects. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we went, we already did all the, you know, broads, bitches, hoes, you know, and then mm-hmm. we started, now we're going with inanimate objects. Jars. <laughs> Jars, buns. Buns. Uh, where can you go from there? Uh, mm. uh, more golf balls and holes. I'm going to the uh, morgue. More so. balls and holes. That's not bad. No. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. If, is the, do we win when I'm very uncomfortable? Cause <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Hey, well. I'm noticing that our, listen, our listens are down. What's up with you people? Y'all on vacation? You can take the podcast with you. I don't mm-hmm. know. I know I'm not listening because I'm no longer driving 45 minutes to my job every day. That's uh, when I would listen. What happened? I left my job. On purpose? Well, we're moving to New York. That is a thing that is happening You still, and so. Herbie. <laughs> yes. Herbie Gill. Herbie Gill. Uh, so the two of you are moving to New York when? Soon, right? The 26th is when our sublet starts. Of 
This month? Yeah. Okay. So you just left your job to just have like a little vacation time? Well, I left on uh, the f- like a month ago, like early June, because my parents' 30th was like the that that last the tail end of june so right. that was the plan for a couple of years now to go down there to be with them for right. their 30th um Did so like a big thing that you well it sort of was supposed to be a big thing we were all supposed to go um zip lining and then we get down there and we're all like so we can just sit around and hang out right <laughs> um celebrate 30 years but you can do that anytime. get some dinner zip lining is special it's very expensive apparently oh, oh is that what the- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right why don't we go tubing instead and then we can all get you know bacterial diseases right let's go tubing and eat local pickles <laughs> well that's a given <laughs> but thank you <laughs> i actually get them for free really yeah so and then you just decided to just take the rest of the time off. Yeah, like I, 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 we've been saving for New York with my job for two years now. So I yeah. left, and then um, the whole idea was go down to Asheville for two for two weeks, and then come back here. Herbie's on the road; he's in Michigan right now. He's in Milwaukee. Right. And while he is gone, the idea for me is I'm not working. I have a month. I'm going to get on stage a lot. Right. And I've been doing that. That last night, that show at the Draft House, that was my tenth time on stage since Monday. Mm-hmm. Really? Yes. I Hustling. got up three times on Monday. Where do you get up three times on Monday? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone even, keeps that's asking. That's not possible. Um, well, I was in Adams Morgan, uh, Pete Bergen. Shout out to Chinese Menu Comedy. Okay. Had a show on a Monday. Okay. He had me open it. I did 10 minutes at that show, at the improv show, and then went straight to Madam's Organ. Hey, followed show? a magician. Yeah. <laughs> Haywood's show. He had a magician on that show? Well, the magician, they, and they co-host the show. show together. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. it's phenomenal. <laughs> so, I actually took two minutes out of my set after the magician to let everyone take a deep breath because I was like, I can't. You can't follow the magician. I needed a moment to reset for comedy. I did. I just talked so, about how there's no black magicians. Is yeah. he a black magician? No, no he's Asian. He's okay, Asian that's a he though. There's no yes. female magicians either. That's not true. Look at uh, it. Now you see me. They got two ladies to play one part. That's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's a movie. It's not real. <laughs> I'm sure. Shit ain't real. <laughs> any, fe- any magician jars? <laughs> nope. That's right. No magic jars. Can you pull yourself out of your own jar? <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah, so I did Madam's Organ, Mike, and then um, Talib Bob was able to help me go on at Shenanigans, so That's, three times. Is that his show? It's not. It's Last Resort Comedy, but he hosts it. Oh, so, he's part of that, yeah. Yeah, so he, I went last, but he, so since I was like still there, he... Right. Um, well, if it's your third show, you're probably going to go last, because you got to sure. get to the first two. And I wasn't on the list at all, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, three times on Monday, and then at least twice every night since then. Really? And then, yeah. And tonight, possibly? Tonight, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to Funny at the Farm, which I can officially no longer back out of since I'm saying it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, funny at the Farm at 7, and then I'll come by the Draft House later for the Saturday Night Mike, which, you know, you never know if you're on that until you guys know how it works. Well, it's your show. Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, we try to help as I was many on, comics yeah. as possible. You, <laughs> yeah. You're doing the podcast. That's a help. That's going to help sure, your cause. Sure, sure. To get on. To the get show. on. Well, yeah. I was also on last week. So if it, I mean, you just, yeah. you go to be seen, right? Stick your head out. So, yeah. Well, well, uh, you'll probably get on. Oh, I'm that's just, nice. I, I know the guy. You've heard it here yeah, first, guys. You'll probably get on. <laughs> yeah, you're probably going <laughs> to, probably, maybe. Probably, maybe. Yeah. As long as we're talking about it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's the plan next week too. Get on ten times. Absolutely, um, it's great because I'm talking to Herbie. Like we're hitting, I'm hitting him up. He's very happy at how much stage time I'm getting. But then I'm also like, oh hey babe, check the calendar. We got shows. We're signed up at Sally's on Tuesday. We're doing this on Monday. Oh. I've already booked us for Mike's all the way through next week. Oh, so you're like Herbie's manager now. Well, I've always been that, but <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm booking his mics if that's what you right. mean. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. 
if it's like on the calendar, because like it, if one of us doesn't feel like going to a mic, the other one can usually talk them out of it. You know, like right. Herbie doesn't really need mics the way that I need a mic. He doesn't. Right, right. He doesn't use mics to work on material like I do. Right. Or like I have because he like Cause jokes got, kind of fully form in his mind, and then he can use like a showcase to work those. He's out. got books. Yeah, he's got a lot right. of book shows. Too. Right. Yeah. I actually need to go out and do that. So. Um, well, this, that's the thing with, I mean, now that you're leaving, it doesn't matter. But the thing yeah. with DC is that there's a huge opportunity for that. So you might as well take advantage. Yeah, that's the other thing. I'm moving to New York. I'm going to, we're both going to be starting over with our names. Um, so I might as well enjoy some stage time and get some laughs before that happens and with take crowds. that and take that momentum into New York. Yeah. That's the idea. Crowds show up in DC for open mics. Yes, they do. Not so much in New York. No. That's true. But this isn't the first time I've had to do that. I came from Asheville, so I already had to build and re- rebuild the same name. So right. I feel like I, it's going to be hard. But I'll, I'll look. For, I look forward to it. Yeah, you know, you got someone to run around the city with. Mm-hmm. You got to have a, a buddy. It's a buddy system thing. Otherwise, you just get a little sad and lonely. Yeah, I have like a built-in buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are living in Astoria. Uh, our sublet is in Jamaica Estates. Oh, yeah. um, it's a two-month sublet, already okay. paid for. All right. Um, and then we figure two months to get up there is enough to be up there to, to sort find. of find a job or an apartment or one or the other. And if we find neither, we find another sublet. Right. Jamaica, that's kind of far. Yes. That is far. Yeah. But we're looking for Astoria for a place to live. So it's, it's you know, it's close to Astoria. You, you Right. You know, take away in there. Well, I guess you'll you'll have a car too. We have one car now. We are down to one car. Right. Yeah. The one, the one that Herbie bought from you. From me. Yes, it's it's officially Herbie's car now because there's there's things wrong with it. Did he fuck it up already? (laughs) I mean, it still runs. If that's what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Still owes me money. Well, he just drove it to Michigan and Milwaukee and back. Okay. Mm. Okay. Well, that okay. That's good. <laughs> what are you, his mother? Anybody can kill a car. <laughs> no, I'm just, oh, I know. Believe me. <laughs> he still hasn't paid me for that. <laughs> I don't want it to be like, well, I don't have the car anymore. I don't owe you money, right? <laughs> so that sounds like him. Yeah. <laughs> no, he'll he'll pay. I told him pay I me. I told him to take his time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I know I've you been told that him guy that. before. I've been the guy who had to borrow, or ch- maybe not had to chose to borrow money from friends. Right. Because I needed a car, and uh, and they did the same thing for me. Like, just pay me back. Yeah. Take three years if nah, you Nah, he's good for matter. it. Yeah, exactly. So, Well, guess what, Daddy Warbucks? I need a car. I'm also oh. his guarantor. Did I mention that? <laughs> I'm his manager, his guarantor. His guarantor. Right. And his jar. Yeah, and his jar. There you go. <laughs> Property of I'm Herbie. I'm warming to this. <laughs> this jar belongs to Herbie Gill. <laughs> or this pickle well, <laughs> belongs no, in this jar. <laughs> right. I'm... <laughs> Yeah, let's. Uh, okay. I'm blushing. So yeah. we, could, we could make it. We could make jar, it a possessive. The jar could be. A pos- the jar could be a possessive. The jar. <laughs> the jar bother. It might be a little weird for you, but are you okay with us calling it a pickle? Yeah. Are you fine with that? A hundred percent. Okay. So <laughs> you know, you just have to go with what's accurate, right? So how about pickles and buns? Make it all fucked up. Yo, that sounds like a terrible hot dog. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. pickle in a bun. A lot just, of sour, no just sweet. A picker in a bun. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's how it feels sometimes. Ugh, just a, <laughs> ugh, just a messy bun. Poor man's hot dog right there. <laughs> Funny, fun aside. Herbie Struggle does not dog. like pickles. Struggle hot dog. Uh, he's not gay. That's why. <laughs> we think I'm gay. You like pickles. <laughs> gay. Like gay. Gay. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so yeah, New York. You you haven't New really New York. You haven't really spent much time up there, other than the fact that I was born and raised in New Jersey. Oh, okay. How far from the city then? South Orange, forty-five minutes. All right, but I was right. I, we moved out when I was fourteen. So oh, so my, as an adult, you have my really. experience with the city is um, catching trains from right outside where I live because I live two seconds from a train station. Right. So that was a sort of a fun thing to do in middle school was hop on a train that you don't pay for and see how long it takes before they kick you off. Oh, okay. you might make it all the way into the city sometimes because you're a child. What happens when they kick you off? Now you got to just walk home. You're you're stuck at whatever station they dropped you off at. Didn't really think that out. So I loved it. That was the second part of the game. Call my parents. Help! Come get me. <laughs> I'm in Flemington. You I got on the train in the wrong direction. Oh, you would lie. Okay. I, <laughs> One I'm time so, I, I made I'm so it all, bad at this. <laughs> I made it all the way into the city once. Um, I'm like 12 years old. I made it all the way into the city just in time for my phone to die, and I had no money, and I had to sit out on the corner and spange enough money to make a collect call or like a a, oh, a call. Yeah. Hey, Dad, come get me. Where are you, Brooklyn? What? <laughs> right. <laughs> Why are you in Brooklyn? I'm like, there's no time. There's no time for that. Come <laughs> it's get getting me. Get dark, Dad. <laughs> I'm a child. This is one of those streets Biggie <laughs> yeah. reference. There was, they were like. We can't. We they didn't know how to stop me from doing that either. Like, do you get me the the train pass so that I can get like where I need to go right. or not? Right. Because that, that, that didn't matter. Well, they could just. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm not a parent, but I'm assuming they can. <laughs> they can take things away from you to discipline you. So my like, parents like the train pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my parents' discipline method was my mom going, "All right, make good choices." And so then when I, she'd be like, "That was a bad choice." No, I'd be that, like, "I'm is trying." That your, is that your put on Jewish accent, or <laughs> is that the real deal? That's pretty that's much how she talks. I mean, that's how I hear her. <laughs> so that's like a stereotypical like New York Jewish accent. Jewish accent. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she does she not whole, sound like that. Coffee and talk. Coffee, yeah. and coffee talk. <laughs> she doesn't sound like that anymore. Now she sounds more like the crystals. <laughs> so it's fading a little bit. Does she have a southern accent? Yeah, now? get her with her friends now, and she it, it comes back. Yeah. But no, it's not a southern accent because um, there's really no accent. But it's also like you can just she's got that New York hardened edge to her. Right. So like she's in the middle of the country, and she's like, "What are those guys doing?" Right. <laughs> they're bailing the hay oh i don't like the way they do that it's very strange yeah. but so the way, you don't like the way they do their job that you've never done ever so you don't know how the agreement done. is such they bail the hay they keep the hay we don't charge them to bail the hay they make the money on the hay so <laughs> jesus <laughs> did she did she grow up in the city um my mom grew up in like buffalo and like yonkas Oh, Yonkis. Yonkis. And um, she did have like family in the country and she just loves, she's got a green thumb and my dad's like an atheist that just is willing to go where she goes. Right. So they ended up on 20 acres down in North Carolina. Because Asheville is like a fucking hippie commune yeah, hippie kind of town. You got the light, man. Yeah. <laughs> Come to Rainbow. It's all laid back and the people are doing mushrooms. Bunch of, ch- mushrooms. Bunch of kids named Beam and Rainbow. Oh my God. Heads on the bowl. That's who they are. Everywhere. So, all right. I'll, I'll, let's yes. talk about that. The culture shock. You're 14. Yeah. I'm 14. So you're like a freshman in high school. Uh, I was. I started high school in North Carolina. Okay. I was so ready to move. It was unreal. I was not well liked in my town in in um, South Orange. My mom would always say, "You know, you're too special." <laughs> That's them. what she would say. They just don't. You're different because you're really special. And so, yeah. We moved, and well, I, that's what I was. To do, I was actually pretty. And you uh, are special. I know. That's special not the jar. point. <laughs> but you were also a special jar. Um, a special jar. <laughs> you were also we were delinquent. All unique. 
You were a delinquent. You were going all over the city. Yeah, well, I didn't have yeah. any friends, so. So you were going <laughs> um, by yourself. Yes. Well, I was going to visit a boyfriend um, who lived in oh, Brooklyn. Did you and meet him on the internet? No, I first black, no, first actually. Black guy. No. Although he wasn't white. Hmm. I'll call him later. He's not in out Brooklyn. No, nah, he was in Park Slope. Right. So um, white. White guy. Jewish, yeah, whiteish. So how'd you meet that guy? Um, through another ex-boyfriend. Of course, uh, friends. Um, I I guess I did have one friend that I would go and like harass them at their house. Like I just would show up there and uh, started dating one of those guys, and then right. he broke up with me because I was crazy, fucking fourteen year old. And um, how old was he? Same age, like sixteen or seventeen. Oh, okay. and then his friend. Oh. We started talking on the internet, and we had more of a connection, New York intellectual type. And um, so I would go visit him. And um, like by taking the train, you know, he never came to yeah. see you. Nah, and That's then right great there. story. We moved. I'm like, hey Drop man, it. I'm moving to North Carolina, and um, he's like, all right, well, we can do the long distance thing. <laughs> a week after I moved out of North Carolina, I'm walking around a big lots, and he calls me. He's like, hey, so like I met this chick on the bus, and it's over. <laughs> and I started crying in a big lots. Well, the fact that he was having, he was, you were going to see him, but he wasn't coming to see you. That I was 14. Doesn't matter. Didn't understand the like the <laughs> well, mind you, games that yeah, humans play at 14. I know you didn't understand it at the time. I should call him. I'm about a, to be up there. That's a new lesson. That's true. That's a lesson yeah. to be learned. Yeah. I enjoyed the move down to Asheville because, like, at you know, what better time to choose to reinvent your, you know, high school, the beginning of high school, middle class white self than right. <laughs> a right. new town in high school. But you were like Plus hard edge. city. Yeah, you were, you were hard. hard you were, you were I was very quiz. I was very depressed. I was very yeah. depressed. Okay, I was. So. I was actually pretty much aligned to the fact that if I had to go to high school with these same people that I was in middle school with, I was going to kill myself. Yeah. I was very much ready so to do it. Do you think, looking back, that hopping on trains? going into the city was like acting out in some way, like rebelling against what you, the life you had? Yeah, like I would try to because my parents would pretty much let me do what I wanted. Yeah. Like they would, they would just like make good choices. They That was their philosophy. So yeah. like doing that, yeah, like I'm like, look, I'm, I'm acting out, but right. I really wasn't. Pay attention. I didn't even do drugs until they told me it was okay. <laughs> but they told you it was okay? They did. I were in high school. I, I This is one of my jokes. When I was 16, my parents made me start smoking weed because I was too uptight. Really? Okay. Yes, they this is, made this me. This is the Asheville influence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah and I'm like, I don't know where I can find it. <laughs> like, like, in New York. Cool. Your, dad, your dad's like, come look at my bottom drawer. Listen. Yeah, I no, it. yeah. In New York, it would have been therapy or something. Mm -hmm. Right. And go to therapy. I mean, literally, once I would get wherever I was going, I would just turn around and go dog. back. It's not like I was acting out once I got there. I would literally just come right back. Right, right. But I you was were, trying to You were out. testing your limits. Yeah. Getting your parents' attention a little bit. Yeah, but then by the time I was like 16, we'd been in Asheville for two years. I actually had a lot of friends out there because those people are cool and right. um, got into like weed and mushrooms in <laughs> high school. That's cool. And then I had a full-time job by the time I was 16. My parents waited a long time to tell me that they were struggling financially. Oh, uh, so you were helping? I had to, yeah. So, okay, so this is because a lot of, I think a lot of parents when they have a child that's about to go into high school and they move, mm -hmm. the thought is, is this going to like fuck up my kid? Yeah. And it had a positive effect on so it. So I'm a child that like as a kid, I really hated all change. My mom said I needed like 10 minute, five minute, three minute warnings yeah. when I need, we were going to go do something else. So when they first told me that we were going to move, they were like really worried that it was going to upset me. Yeah. But they had no idea I how depressed I was. Mm -hmm. They were like, we're moving. And I was like, great. Where are we going? <laughs> Don't care. Let's go now. And You're the only they were, child? No, I'm the oldest of three. Okay. 
So the little ones, how old are they? How My far? sister is two and a half years younger, um, also a comic. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my brother is six years younger. He just graduated from Georgia Tech. And they don't they didn't have any real angst or impact about leaving? No, Georgia. my brother was too young to really know or care. And um no, my sister didn't no, I don't think it I mean, of course it's all about me. I don't remember them being of <laughs> upset also, about you it. You were moving out of New Jersey, yeah. so yeah. that's a that's a festive. Well, it was right yeah. after nine eleven. The oh, real okay. reason for the move. My dad had a job interview September tenth, two thousand and one. Right. In at New York? the Merrill Lynch building across the street from the World Trade Center. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. He got the job. He was supposed to start on the twelfth. Oh, okay. He missed being in that rubble by twenty four hours. Yeah. And his yeah. job's gone. Yeah, and his job's yeah. gone. And, you know, property tax and all that. And then, well, his <laughs> job is gone because Bush and the government did nine eleven. Man. See, I bet a lot of people in Asheville think Fake flag man. Yeah. Bush <laughs> did nine eleven and man. ruined your dad's job. He did it, man. Yeah, you know, the great part. Hey, how about we move to a city with no jobs? Let's do that. <laughs> Can we do that? Well, then well, how, how do they, they choose Ash- How do they choose Asheville? Well, my mom is a um, left-of-earth hippie. Like, normal hippies are like, wow. <laughs> oh, really? She is out there. Well, she's telling her 16-year-old to smoke weed. So I guess She's forcing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's requiring I'm like, do you have any? She's like, I'm, not, I'm just an idea man. <laughs> she's your headlock, putting the weed in your mouth. As long <laughs> as you're under my roof, I'm pretty you're sure. going to smoke weed. <laughs> she's like, you need to smoke weed because you're really stressed out all the time and i can't find any <laughs> go oh, find it for me well when did their parents yeah. money get funny when they moved to Asheville? yeah i mean i think they were, they got hit pretty hard by the stock market crash in like the early 90s and then yeah i mean the madoff money did they I, early 2000s I no a lot of people there weren't fucked up with madoff no it was the early 90s oh 94 before. 95 yeah oh that's okay that by the 2000s they did not have money in stocks um oh, yeah okay. so i don't know like they had a business we they bought a huntington learning center when we first moved down there but then it it just wasn't working out for them. I really don't know because they tried their best to keep it separate from me. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I, it wasn't the only reason I got a job. I was 16 in, in North Carolina. You can get your license at 16. So my so, dad was yeah. like, I'm going to buy you the shitbox Thunderbird, right. but you need to pay for the insurance and the gas yourself. So you need a job. Yeah. And, um, I found a job waiting tables at like a Japanese restaurant that owned. That was owned by Vietnamese. They employed primarily Mexicans. Of course. Um, and I walked out of the night, that night. Five, like I was working five to ten, like six days a week. And I'd be like, oh, my God, $50. Right. right. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember my first job was like that. Yeah. I, mean, I was 13. I was actually underage yeah. to work. So they paid me under the table. Yeah. And they paid me. I mean, minimum wage at that point was like still like three twenty five or yeah, three fifty. dollars That's why I was like yeah. three fifty when I was, um, when I was working. The guy with the the owner of the restaurant, uh, Buck Taylor, oh, oh. Um, just gave me twenty five bucks every week. I would come in and wash dishes for four hours on Saturday and Sunday. Twenty five dollars a week to wash dishes? Yeah, for two for Dear two God. four hour shifts. Oh, okay, and he would that's... just give me twenty five because that would be basically three something an hour. That saves him some money. Times eight hours. Yeah. So he would just be like, here you go. I'd be like, oh, twenty five dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna go get some lunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I got half price food here. Yeah, I was the richest of my friends, and we're driving around in this hoopty. <laughs> Right. This well, it's a Thunderbird. It's it was Thunderbird, awesome. Yeah. It was like a boat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And my dad bought me the car, but he didn't. <laughs> he let me figure it out on my own that when something breaks, you have to fix it. You don't just get used to the break. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm like, well, well Herbie does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us do. I'm like, um, this car doesn't go in reverse anymore, and they're like, ah, you just drive it forward all the time. <laughs> does your dad have Herbie's number? Could he teach that lesson? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're tight. <laughs> and my dad is an aggressive driver by New York standards. Really? Yeah. I learned how to drive by a man that taught me all you need to get away from the police is two two lights and a turn. 
<laughs> your parents, I think, may have given you horrible <laughs> advice multiple times. That is entirely possible. Well, my parents didn't instill a lot of values. And no? They were kind of hands-off in that way. But oh, we turned out okay. Same situation. We were good kids. We didn't have, like... We weren't out committing crimes, doing right. drugs and shit. We were we had jobs, so we didn't have curfews. Right. It was just your friends are going to be home when when their curfew happens. So what are you going to be out by yourself? No. So it was just yeah, you'll come home. Right. You know. So it was this just is where kind the of, bed is. Yeah. It was just kind of like yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, whatever. My you parents know. would let me take in strays. We brought in several people, mostly men, to live with us when I was like 16, 17 <laughs> years old. Grown men? Well, there's a lot of homeless yeah. <laughs> in Asheville. Like friends. Yeah. One of them I even dated. A homeless guy. <laughs> he was homeless. Yeah. <laughs> Not when I gave him a home, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, where do you go on a date if you're homeless? To the shower? To, to the bedroom to smoke weed. Oh, okay. <laughs> to the shower. That's he was funny. your drug buddy. That's what it was. Oh, they're all drug buddies in Asheville. Yeah. There is no such thing as a non-drug buddy. But do people live on communes down there? Oh, totally. <laughs> I lived in a punk house uh, when I first moved out of my parents' house because by the time I was 17, I had money. and what I did you was, move out for? I just didn't want to live there like anymore. You had any reason to not want to live there. My mom it's and not I like they were getting stopping along. you from doing anything. We just weren't getting along. We were fighting pretty bad. Yeah. I was not a. I was not an easy teenager. I think. Just by fight, just arguments. Well, right. That's why you need that weed. All right. I'm gonna come back, but I'm not gonna be happy about it. Yeah. No, I just hated her. <laughs> okay. I hate you, mom. I hate you, mom. I'm gonna go live in a punk house. She was like, "Please go." I was like, "Okay." Oh, they encouraged you. To go. Okay. They <laughs> that punk house to... really taught me to love my parents' house, though. There was ten of us. I would come in in the morning and like I would clean heroin needles from the backyard. Oh, Jesus! Oh my yeah. God! Because otherwise, I'd step on them. You want to step on them? Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. want to step on the heroin yeah, needles. Step on them and get the monster. I was like, "All right, who's doing heroin? <laughs> yeah. Who's not doing heroin? Yeah, that's all... the question. If there's a bunch of, if there's enough needles that you've got to walk around, would... to... yeah. Then... I was actually like one of them was a tattoo artist so i was like there's only one kind of needle in this building (laughs) i can't wonder what type of needle this is (laughs) so i'm assuming you got a a free tattoo at some point i absolutely did from that guy i did was it was it was it all right that one on your ankle i got it on father's day (laughs) no the one on my ankle i paid for um it's a killer b it's the letter b Uh with wings and a stinger and it's like this big and it's on my back for becca Becker. Yes, but the le- the 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 did line on the B. You, did they call you Killer B? That that is my name. That was like yeah. Your, yeah. your nickname around. There's a lot. Um, Bianca, because that's you know. What was the? <laughs> no, I have no idea. What is? You're like that's because you know. I have, like, we had no. a, there was a joke in high school that my uh, uh, black man would order a cheeseburger no piacos, <laughs> <laughs> and then it became I became Bianca from that. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So what's the line on the B you said? It's messed up. Oh, no, yeah. So the bottom line of the B actually comes out far enough that it could be an R. He did that intentionally. He's like, you might want to go by Rebecca one day. He was oh, like, okay. thanks for thinking of my future punk tattoo yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Are these needles clean? I don't know. <laughs> You'll find out in about 60 days. I love yeah. hepatitis. I love it. Yeah, don't worry. Don't yeah, worry. We all got You'll get a new liver at some point. Hopefully. We also got maggots. Yeah, so You got maggots. Somebody brought in a pound of potatoes. <laughs> Never. Why would you do that? They thought, hey, we're, we're Irish. Right. <laughs> Buy potatoes, leave them in. Did you have bed bugs at any point? No, but I did sell uh, shaky weed out of that punk house for a year or so. Yeah, please? No, not at that house. You lived there for a year? Yeah. Yeah. It was a good what? location. Back to your parents? No. Then uh, um, <laughs> I still had my boyfriend, the homeless boyfriend at the time. We were oh, sharing a room. Yeah. My parents well, he wasn't just, homeless then. Nah, well, you know. <laughs> 
for the purposes of the story, he remains the homeless boyfriend. That was the best, that was the best <laughs> month of the year of his life. Uh, <laughs> my dad got offered a pretty good job that he had been commuting to Wilmington, North Carolina, which is literally six hours away. Yeah. So the he'd been working for them long enough that the guy offered to buy him a house or like help get them a house in Wilmington. I told homeless boyfriend that, and he was like, let's go with them. <laughs> Oh, a house? I like the beach. That's You don't yeah. say a house? A house? He's not Jewish. He's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> There's never... I don't know if you ever met a homeless Jew in your life. Uh, Probably, <laughs> Probably no. I think, you just go to the bank and say, I'm Jewish. I need a house. <laughs> I, I think that's how you become uh, this... this disowned as a Jew as you become homeless. Yeah, you, know, like, you have to you renounce your faith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's part of it. Yeah. And then become Jew yeah. and become homeless. Yeah. <laughs> we made it six months in Wilmington. I was like, the salt in the air. I can't take it. <laughs> so you came back. I did. Because um, uh, college was also kind of a problem out there, like the transferring of credits. And I was already kind of in school. Right. I had been in school the whole time. So we moved back to Asheville. I got a really cool apartment. And then I dumped homeless boyfriend. And I got a couchy. Which is much better. A couchy? Yeah, dude slept on my couch for like six months. Boyfriend? No, we never had sex. Okay, so he was just, he paid your rent? Not really, he just kept oh. me company. <laughs> just, <laughs> I took in strays. I like yeah, to take it, I didn't so like to be alone. So you had another homeless guy living with you? Yes. Well, he's not anymore. I like to think of it as helping someone less fortunate, but yeah. Right. So. Yeah. And then when I was back were, in Nashville. When you were in the punk house, yeah, punk did, you, house. did you join a punk band? Fuck no, I hate was that. Was there a band music. that played there all the time? Oh, totally. Yeah. You, and you Parties. What? You hated the music? I really did. <laughs> I really did. Always. They were like, what? They, like, they would let me put music on sometimes just to make fun of it. Right. Because I'm, I'm a, I'm me personally, R&B, soul, hip hop all day. Right. And for most of my time in, in Jersey and then even through high school, I had to pretend to like this crappy... This music I did not like. I don't right. think it's crappy, but it has value. But like punk metal, ska, <laughs> Limp Bizkit, man. Yeah, it's crappy. I mean, they like good stuff, like um, you the know. Mighty Mighty Bostones. Dun, 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 I do dun, love dun, a good trombone dun, solo. Give me the horns. Dun, 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 the horns yeah. actually transcend. Yeah. This, like I like all music. With I, horns. Everybody is well known that I'm a huge fan of horns, but they only go so far. <laughs> dun, you, don't, dun, 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 dun. you don't like the ska horns? I do not like skanking. <sighs> Skank, yeah, skanking doesn't make sense to me. It, it is the most. And in a Seventh Day Adventist church, no less. What it's is a shitty skanking? Dance. Skanking is the dance that you kick your feet out, and it's what you how you dance to ska. It looks terrible. It looks <sighs> <laughs> the entire genre. It's not the one where the boss tones is the boss tones is hype man just dances around. That's you know exactly what I'm talking about those dudes that, that look guy. like they're about to do a car. There's just one dude. Yeah, he's he, 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 he doesn't. He sometimes will do. He's other on things. beat. He'll <laughs> do like the running man. Shit, it's for white yeah. people that can't beatbox. They just yeah. do the moves that go yeah. up to the to the b boy dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I didn't mean to be, be say beatbox. I'm going to say b-boy. Like well, well the the Boston's have a guy. Anytime, a hype man. anytime you ever watch them, he just, he doesn't need it, but it's a hype man. He never says anything. No, he's he a he's a uh, a skank instructor. Yeah, he just dances. Yeah, no, that's his job. That's his job yeah. in the band. He has all. They've been around for I don't know a if long time. Around. Long time. 20, long time. Thirty years. They had like one hit song. Yeah, yeah, that uh, about one song the they impression had. that I get. That was yeah, yeah. it was, it was good. everywhere. I liked yeah. it, but they had a whole, huge cult following. And then yes, they, they were did. in um, they were in that movie. movie. I think it was Clueless. <sighs> that yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was Clueless. Yeah. They were the high school yeah. band. Yeah, the Mighty Mighty Boston. The Mighty Mighty Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Horn Dad. section. They had a random dancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and they had a. <clears> the and they wore singer. suits. But you got to remember, punks are people too. I guess. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I suppose. I, I, maybe one day I'll meet one. I was just desperate to get out, and that was like a cultural thing. It was yeah. fun. 
I liked it. I think everyone's first place is a compromise. Yeah. Unless they have, they come from money or something. It's a cool story. The first get out of the house place. Absolutely. Unless you go to off to college. You know, like my brother and I shared a one bedroom. Not that there was like needles all around, but we still compromised just to get the fuck out. We, we yeah. shared like a small one bedroom apartment. You got to. You know. Who slept on the couch? Well, the, the rule was whoever went to bed first would use the bedroom. I always stayed up late. You guys shared so I got the bed? The couch. We didn't have a bed. We just slept on the floor. Right, right, right. Yeah, we didn't have the bed. We never got a bed in that place. We didn't. We waited until we moved into our two-bedroom place, and we got beds. But he would always go to bed first. I'd be like, perfect. I'm on the couch. And so he would sleep on the floor mostly. But, you know, this place had roaches and random leaks. The plumbing would leak and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, so. First problem was me and Troy, Bronson, my cousin, mm-hmm. San Antonio, Texas. We were both going to San Antonio College, and we were working for Wilson's... Wilson, um, what did they sell? Office products. I, I delivered office products all over San Antonio. You delivered office products? Yeah, I was delivered. Well, we started off working in the warehouse from five to two. Mm. And then I got promoted to day shift. Uh, became, I got promoted to driver. Climbing the ranks. Yeah. And Troy stayed on night shift. For, Troy became the supervisor of the night shift. Mm-hmm. And Troy became a driver and uh, crashed a Benz. Oh, my God. <laughs> drove, drove, a, drove a truck into the back of a Benz. One of those box trucks is... I kept telling him, I was like, dude, you got to pay. How do you do that? Because he doesn't pay attention when he's driving. Oh, he just re-rented someone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, dude, you got to pay That's attention. Like you got to pay attention you when you drive these fucking trucks, <laughs> yeah. man. It's not, it's not no bullshit. It's longer to stop. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, you got to pay attention when you drive these trucks. Want to pay attention. Running late one day, not paying attention. Bam! Back to the night shift. <laughs> At least they Demotion. Fired. Yeah. No, well, they... they Demotion. I mean, they demoted him down to being the warehouse supervisor. Oh yeah, you know that's a desk job. But driver is such a better job because you're out. <laughs> you work day seven to three. You're out. Yeah, it's a and right. you're not in far you know, superior confined. job. You're, you're right. out. You're just you know you're you on got, your own. You can play your music in the car. Yeah, you're on you your can, own. You know, like when I delivered pizzas, not this the same thing because you don't get demoted to supervisor right. when you deliver pizzas. There's but no need to supervise like, the pizza making process. But you're out, you're not being su- you're out you're not being supervised directly. You, right. If it's you want to smoke a cigarette, job. you you can smoke a cigarette. If you want to pop into Seven Eleven, grab a quick snack. And I did all of that. You do mm. that. Uh, for it's me, when I delivered, I I worked in the same town I lived, and so I would run home and like you know yeah, check we, the mail and shit. We right. did that. We would stop by the house because we lived not even a mile from the from the office. So yeah. we would I would drive home and eat lunch. Yeah. I would go pick up my truck, go back, go back home, eat breakfast, and then go do my route. That sounds kind of nice. It was a far yeah. superior. It was far superior. Being you don't want to fuck Stop that at a little girl's house that I was dating. <laughs> it was a far superior. Eat a, eat a jar. Yeah, 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 there you go. What's up, jar? I mean, girl. Jar. Hey, jar. <laughs> it was far superior to being a, to being a delivery driver. You're, oh, just, yeah. you're out. You go do your morning run, come back. Eat take some your lunch. take your lunch hour, <laughs> <laughs> and then go back out for your afternoon run, yeah. and then come back. It's well, that sounds like a wonderful profession. I think I chose wrong in well, serving. Well, no, because it's fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, like well, uh, you don't want to deliver two pallets of two pallets of paper. A pallet costs a thousand pounds, weighs a thousand pounds in the summertime in San Antonio. It's hundred degrees. Terrible. You got to offload off the tr- on the truck, put on a pallet, take it inside. You need some lunch for that. Yeah, <laughs> right. A long. I am going. Going to eat. I'm some taking my break. Lunch. Lunch, <laughs> you know. Well, with pizza delivery, it's not hard because you're yeah. not unloading heavy things. The only thing that sucks is the wear and tear in your car. Right. You fuck up your car doing that. So, but otherwise, if you're fine with that, like that's everyone inside the restaurant is making less money than you by a lot because you're making tips by delivering. Yeah. And 
you're you're just out. If your boss pisses you off, you're like, oh, fuck it, I'm taking the long way back. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I ran from a job once. Like, I was in the middle of my shift, and I just ran out of there. And <laughs> like never Forrest Gump, you just started running. He caught me. He, like, ran outside. My manager halfway down the street is like, what are you doing? I was like, eh, kept running. <laughs> I kept running. What was the problem there? Go run to well, punch on some weed. I had already procured a job at the restaurant that I then worked at for five years the place oh. that put me through college right. i had i started in like a week so i already had another job lined up That's, and the yeah. job i was at i'm there at lunch i'm making zero dollars and i'm working for someone that i really hated and um a friend of mine calls me and says hey i'm on your front porch which was like three blocks from my job right hey i'm on your front porch you want to smoke weed about it <laughs> and i was like uh-huh. i'm at work and she's like have you made any money today and i was like you know no there's no customers i'm just standing here she's like come smoke weed with me and so i kind of like looked around my manager's in the back and i ran and then your mom your mom was on your shoulder you need to smoke some weed (laughs) at that point at that point the train had left the station (laughs) like my mom has no idea the the train she set in motion by telling me it was okay did you just tear off your apron and start running i recall not wearing an apron (laughs) you didn't even give a fuck yeah and he's like what are you doing and i was like (laughs) <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't say goodbye or I quit. I just right. ran, never went back. She freaked out, man. Or, yeah. she, I don't know what's Why does this keep girl? happening to me? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we were, we lived, Troy and I lived in that first apartment. Here's here's how our first apartment. <laughs> first weekend, we had a party. Second weekend, we had a party. Uh-huh. Third weekend, we had a party. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and then okay. we cleaned on, for a month. On that Monday, we came home and there was a note on the inside of the door. Yeah. On the inside of the door. <laughs> the inside of the door. Yeah. What did the note say? Do not have any more parties. <laughs> Who wrote or the note? You would be kicked out. I assume it was the, the <laughs> it was the management of the, apart- of the apartment complex. Were you being loud at all hours of the night? I don't remember. <laughs> and like disrespectful to the other people in the I apartment building. I don't remember because I was I was a pleasant, I was a pleasant, respectful guy because you know respect's been beaten into you. By my parents and by Troy's parents, so we hi, how you guys doing? So, but, then, but, our, but then you rage all were loud. Over. We were, <laughs> we were doing it. Hey man, I got this new guy CD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <have> basically, <laughs> let's groove me. Oh yeah, baby, every weekend. Let's have a party. So after that, it was all gatherings. <laughs> <laughs> the roommates we were living in, uh, we were living with like recently. Herbie and I were living with two black male gay dancers that's what you were saying yeah for dancers, two years like dance in quotes dancers. well one they owned a one of them was a co-owner of a dance studio so he taught oh, kids okay but both of them had been yeah. dancers like strippers yes they yeah. had both taught had kids, experience you know dancing, but currently <laughs> teaching kids right yeah. <laughs> but really nice guys um and yeah you, we would always describe living with the two of them as like being surrounded by a tickle fight <laughs> you just always hear loud. You're like, what are they doing? They are tickling each other to death. No, they're about to fuck. That's what no, they're yeah. not. No, they're not. We've asked them several times. <laughs> they were friends. They each had boyfriends. Oh, and they're fucking. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know how it works in the gay community, but I think I don't either. But I know, I know how, how men work. I know how yeah, assumptions work. Right. Everyone thinks that they I know fucking, how but men they're not. Work. Men, men be fucking. <laughs> they might have. We we would like look at them and they'd be like, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They see that's the thing. They were probably. <laughs> At least flirting with each other. Yeah. They're like best friends. Yeah. I don't mean they ain't fucking. With benefits, though. <laughs> yeah. They fucking. They're, I mean, but they each have their own bedroom, so. Well, I don't know. I guess. Uh, we could we could tell. I guess you would have heard at some point. Oh, uh, we heard a lot. The body started. <laughs> <laughs> Kirby and I would be like at the edge of the door. We'd be like listening. And we'd be like, is this turning you on? Yeah. <laughs> this gay butt sex is really doing it for me. <laughs> Wow, it they, sounds all right. They found their own jar. <laughs> <laughs> one pickle, 
one, one jar. jar. Maybe a couple pickles. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe a couple, couple pickles. I, as far as I'm concerned, in gay sex, every pickle comes with a jar. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Built in. There you go. Oh, man. Unless you have some kind of defect. I might have two jars. <laughs> yeah, there, well, there you go. There you go. I'm having a little trouble. Three, actually. Yeah. Well, you brought it up now. Three, actually. I, you you took us down this road. <sighs> two jars, three jars. I think a YouTube yeah. video is coming on. Yeah, that's a really might be. gross YouTube video. <laughs> Uh, my first part, I still have the least. My, when I was going through my brother's things, the, he still had the least like off in a You should save somewhere. those things, I guess. I have them. Uh, yeah. Five thirty a month was what we paid. Yeah. For Not including utilities. That's about what Troy and I paid. Troy and I paid no, one eighty something a piece. Troy paid That's a little bit bad. more. I think Troy paid one ninety. Uh, those are like, because those Troy are like, had his own bath, his own bathroom, and I took the bath. I took the secondary bathroom. In the was hall. there another roommate? No, it's just me and Troy. So we you had, pay your rent was like less than four hundred dollars. Maybe three eighty, maybe for a two bedroom, two bedroom with two bath, big two bedroom. Look like a house, Texas, big Texas. two bedroom. Yeah, Texas my prices. my. Okay, so that was when we were living there, and then we uh, we lived there for a year. Great, we had a great time. Troy and I living together. Yeah, we each had girlfriend. We actually had a girl living with us for a while. Uh-huh. Who a was, homeless uh, person? Yeah, she had <laughs> left. Yeah, well, not so much homeless. She was beefing with her parents. I, yeah, and we let her moving with us. This is something I want to talk about too: the distinction between homeless and without a home because yeah. they're different. Yeah, a homeless person. With, yeah, she was beefing with her parents. Right. So we just let her move in with us. Homeless That's is like no place to go right. at all. Right. right. She had a place to go. Right. But she we didn't want to go there. Right. So we let her move in with us. And she, we were all going to school together. And which one of you guys boned her? Uh, <laughs> I should have been Troy, but Troy was Mr. Nice Guy. Oh. So he never, he never boned her out. And she was friends with my girlfriend. So you at couldn't. The time. So you I got to respect her. Or I would or have. bring her in. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> sure <laughs> you would have. My girl, she was with my girlfriend. This, this bitch. This bitch. One night we were at work <laughs> and she goes, hey, I'm going to, we used to go home for lunch. Very respectful. This is I'm how bring, all the best I'm gonna stories bring you guys this, I'm going to bring you guys this lunch down to you. And we were like, okay. She's trying to fish for some. No, she brought our lunch down to us and we didn't go home for lunch. A couple of days later, this other cat we know, we were talking to him at school and he said something. He was like, blah, 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 blah. Something, something, something. Oh, y'all got a nice place. What? I was like, what man? <laughs> he was yeah, y'all got a nice place. Y'all, your place is nice. That TV is really nice. Oh, my God. I said, how you been to my place? You been over to our place? He was like, yeah, uh, Trish had me over the other night. I was like, this bitch. <laughs> this bitch. She's inviting gonna, people over. I'm going to bring you guys lunch to you <laughs> because she had she, the motherfucker coming right. over. So she. This which, started a, which started a group meeting of, uh, <laughs> listen. Right. <laughs> I had to create a house rule in listen. my apartment. No, you can't have more sex than I'm having <laughs> in yeah. this apartment. You have to yeah. be, yeah, have the most right. sex. Right. Because yeah, my yeah. friends. I mean, my apartment was like the hangout spot. Like that's my friend would call and say, "Hey, I'm already here." Like the door would be open. Right. I would wake up sometimes, and people would just be chilling. I I enjoy that environment. I like having yeah. that. Right. But friends would like start hooking up on the couch, and I'd be like, "Y'all can have sex, but you can't have more sex than me." Right. Whose name is on the lease here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, "And I'm not having any sex." That means no one's <laughs> having right. any sex here. Right. Yeah. With him, it was he was cool, and we were like, because he he asked her, "Hey, do they know I'm here?" And she was like, "Oh yeah. Oh yeah." <laughs> Oh no. This no. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch. Yeah, so that was and then Troy started dating her sister. Oh my gosh. Which didn't work at all, of course. They they fucking hated each other. You know, the two sisters. The oh sister, really? Sister beef. They were one year apart. Sister, sister beef. beef. Yeah. Which they brought into our apartment. I mean, that's a real thing. Yeah, and they brought it into our apartment, which I wasn't going for. You ain't paying I'm rent. Like, I'm not fucking either one of you. There so. cannot be more drama than than the drama that I have caused yeah, in my you apartment. Don't to, you don't get to have this kind of beef. <laughs> yeah. And then we moved into another spot, 
Troy, myself, my older brother, and one of my other cousins. That was a three-bedroom spot. That was Four people? Yeah, it was like 600 a month. Someone have a couch then? or? Yeah, we didn't have the fourth person, but again, oh. nowhere to go. Right, mm-hmm. right. So we let them stay with us. I'm not the only one that, did, that yeah. does that. Did yeah. that for a year, and then... Um, it's called helping people. What did I do after that? Oh, that's when I moved into my parents' other house. Yeah. I was going to get my own place at that point. And then my, my parents had two houses, and they had uh, shitty tenants. And they were in the process of kicking them out. And they were like, we need somebody to take over the, take over the rent. The rent was only five twenty a month in a, in a three-bedroom house? house. Yeah, Fucking Texas, man. Five, amazing. Yeah, five, I don't know. And that was the mortgage we were paying. Oh, wow. So I got two dudes, my man Quinn, who got me into stand-up. And Patrick, we we got the house because we had to clean the place because it was the people were so disgusting. So you were and nasty. you were splitting five twenty three ways. Yep, that's amazing. Yep, those were the days. <laughs> be yep. <laughs> so that's like less than one eighty. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's nice. Yep. And we used to fight about that. Oh really? Like too, people, too high. People wouldn't have their cut ready at ready. How on, could he not have your exactly. cut? Exactly. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and people wouldn't have their cut of the of the rent ready. Because like you, when it's so low, people just like spend it and then you right. Know. Because right. you can work part. You can work twenty hours a week. Right. Right. You work a part time. You can live a part time life. At and, that time, and I that. was I had left Southwest. I had left Wilson's that. Uh, the office products company, and I had gone to work for a client of theirs, Southwest Research Institute. That was a much, much, it was literally right across the highway from them. It was an yeah. independent research firm, and I was working in their mailroom. So I, they hired me away from Wilson's to come work for them. Mm-hmm. And that was... What does that sound? Do that? The TV, I think. No, I think it's like, a, are, you, are you rubbing against the mic? No, just holding it. Like that sound? Nope. I keep hearing that. I All right. No, like when you're talking. No. I, All right. So we moved. Uh, so we moved over there, and, uh, and then Quinn moved out with his girl. Patrick moved out with his girl. I had two other roommates. Then I had another roommate. Did you, I, at that point, did you need? Because you could probably afford it. I had got to a point where I was just living by myself. Yeah. The cousin that was living sleeping on our couch moved in with me again. Didn't have nowhere to go. Moved in with me again. All right. And then I met. That was when I first met my wife. We had just started dating, and even then, she had her own place, and I still had my own place. So, but by then, I was pretty much just living there by myself in this three bedroom house. Right. <laughs> but then, my, once you get once you live alone, you're like, once well, you get used to it, I'm yeah. never gonna have. Oh my god! Again. And then I moved to Austin. No, <laughs> oh, okay. this is what happened. So you I moved, gave up that that right, situation. Right, right. I moved to Austin for a stand up. Right. And then uh, my wife and I started living together, and then she moved to Dallas, and I got my own place in Austin. That place was it was a one bedroom, uh, three hundred a month. One bedroom, all everything included Texas. bills, bills and cable. Texas, fucking and Texas. Austin Riverside Drive was about three hundred a month. You know, if if you didn't have all those Texans around, that would be a <laughs> yeah. Good that was situation. that's that's the thing. <laughs> you know? It's like you got to live there, right? Well, Andy, you lived mostly here your whole life, right? Well, yeah. And here's the chronology of my rent. Um, <laughs> our first place, which was ninety four, we moved in five thirty a month, one bedroom. Uh, this is Leesburg, Virginia. It wasn't. It wasn't a high. This was a cheap apartment in that town. So right. Then, like a year later, we got a place that was two bedroom, two bath. Like it was nice for six seventy five. We lived there for seven years. They raised the rent consistently for seven years, mm-hmm. and by the and the time we moved, we were paying over eleven hundred. We were paying like eleven twenty, eleven fifty, something like that. Then we moved because 
it was a condo the the landlord sold it we got a another two bedroom we went to ashburn which is a little bit which is a little bit nicer and then we got up to like the 12 1300 range 12 something and then i moved to new york and it was up to like 1350 and then all four years in new york they kept raising it and got it to like 15 something by the time i left new york so that's and that's always two bedrooms with with one roommate. Basically, I never had like three or four people. I never lived with three or four people. I mean, the apartment that we lived in when I first moved up to DC four years ago was um, just outside of Old Town on Route One, Old Town Alexandria. Yeah, and it was fourteen for a that sounds about right. Crappy one bedroom in a slumlord apartment complex, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and didn't include anything. Yeah, and it was a it was a nice little one bedroom. I guess I, I liked it, but the landlords were terrible. Fucking Texas, Two, man. Two hundred dollar deposit. <laughs> yeah, Texas was nice. Texas, just, you live in Texas. You're just in Texas, right? That's that's the thing. Even when I was living in Austin. It was I could have had a, cool. I could have had a house in Austin. Austin's cool though, right? If I had, no, that's what that's a that's a myth. How People, is that a myth? It's a myth. People think you gotta that like punk music because that's the that's the that's the surf that's surface shit. Yeah. On, on the bottom where the rubber meets the road and where where shit is happening, it's still Texas. It's still Texas. Yeah, that's an illusion. All that shit on top is just an illusion. Well, that Asheville right now—that's a big thing in Asheville because when I lived there, it was pretty affordable and the cost of living wasn't really that high. Like, right? My apartment, my one one bedroom, three blocks from downtown, was five hundred. Yeah. Now that same apartment is probably eight or nine hundred dollars. It's and getting hip. It's getting hip, and people with money are moving down there, and they're forcing the the poor people out. Yeah. The artists. This just happened to my brother in Austin. Yeah, he had got it. He had got a place, and they were jacking his rent up. Right. So he was like, "I'm not." They're jacking the rent up, but the cost, here. but the but the money that's like they're they're not raising wages in any way. So yeah. it's right. like it just becomes harder and harder for people that make their money in Asheville to live in Asheville. If you bring in money from outside yeah. and you're fine. you have money, then you're fine. Yeah, yeah that happens fine. That's that happens in places like New York. The people who work in the restaurants in Manhattan have to fucking come in from Jamaica because they can't live near Manhattan anymore. Right. So they have to get pushed did further you hear further what George out. Lucas did? No. In his, where he lives? George Lucas lives in this in this valley in California. It's a giant plot of land. Yeah. yeah. He has a huge, he has a huge sort of Skywalker ranch. He has ranch a ranch, yeah. Yeah, Skywalker Ranch. And he... The people that that service all the people in the in the community, they can't live in the community. They got to take buses and stuff like that. All these people who work at all the restaurants and all that. So the him and the city council decided, okay, well, well, the city council first decided. Here's what we'll do: we'll build some affordable housing. We'll put these. We'll put this land up. We'll put this affordable housing up, and then they'll that way they won't have to be going back and forth. They can live here and be a part of this community. We all like them, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. So the minute they decide to start doing that. The fucking community goes crazy. We don't want those people living near us. <laughs> we don't want that happening to us. Blah Low blah blah. People. Yeah, that we can't. We can't have that. We don't want them. George Lucas says, "Okay, here's what we'll do. I'll I'll donate a portion of my land, and just put put the thing on my land. Right. Just put it on my land. Well, that's kind of nice. Oh, we'll wait. Oh. <laughs> like, just put oh, it on my land, no. and then we'll just they'll just live there, and then they'll be fine. Right? Okay. Fine. That's great. That's the solution." We don't want taxpayer, our taxpayer dollars being used for that. We're not going to allow that to happen. We don't want those people living here. We're not going to blah, 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 George Lucas. Fine. Keep your money. I will pay for everything. Now what? Oh. Uh, we just don't want those people. <laughs> now they're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> he said, well, guess what? I'm doing it. 
So well, good for him. You don't have any choice. Can in I this. say good for him now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's what I say because it keeps getting the story keeps getting that's better and is. better and better. He's well, like, he, well, fine. Uh, I'll just I I'll donate the land it. and I'll build the housing. <laughs> Will you feed them also? Because they're gonna need food. Yeah. You build I'll, them a supermarket. I'll do that too. He's a build old town. I'm a billionaire. <laughs> I'm Skywalker a billionaire. City. Yeah, I'm a billionaire. Yeah, there's no small ranches. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of land on. No one has like a little tiny. You ranch. might call yeah. it plot wars. Yeah, plot wars. <laughs> plot wars. <laughs> Um, before, because we're getting close to like closing an hour here, let, mm. let's 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 debut the uh, new intro song. Yeah, let's do. That. Oh yeah. Um, Chad Heft, who is a, and I do uh, want to talk about what we talked about the other day a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we... we'll close oh, on, yeah, yeah. on that. But Chad, who um, has been on the podcast, he's a comic, one of my oldest friends in comedy. Uh, he's also a listener of the podcast. Chad wrote this song. Uh, he wrote the lyrics to it. That's awesome. And then uh, he got a couple other people. I'm going to pull up the email to actually, because Chad's, Chad's not a rapper. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a, a song that includes rapping. So Chad got uh, Dustin Chalifo to, to do the vocals and is produced by, produced by Wayne Beats. And also, well, we'll listen to it first, then I'll explain. But this is the intro from Chad. Listeners who uh, have a little closet studio, take note. Because we have two intro songs now. Here we go. Three, so kick back, relax, hit that, roll up your sleeve. All your cool motherfuckers can stay, but bitches leave. Time for three guys on broadcast of prosperity. Hit the tip drop of the jet, yeah, yes. Think you're better than me. Now here's the school brother coming in hot with coherence. This is Michael Diamond. Nah, strand off Terrence. Keep you maintaining, hit you with the weight training. We'll explain the illusion of police retraining. And this is Randy's number one Andy. A songwriter full of comedy, got the tablet handy. Andy Klein, Mr. On Time, slinging punchlines from the cut, walking a straight line. Then the thriller, Mr. Tim Miller, crowd killer, say hold on. It's probably not here, route to his daughter. So tune in to ESPN, keep the sock puppet nation, let the party begin. Haywood, Pop Pop, Petey, Romain, top of the list. JL Chadwick, the black guy who tips. Might be waxing philosophical or talking bullshit. Might be just trying to help you get a nice big young bitch. You have an opinion, let's hear it do it proper. The world may suck, but I like it the most. Facebook, email, tweet us, get out your closet if you're dropping our names. Now let's come together, there's nothing else to say. Let's start the show, Randolph, hit him with the... That's, oh, so that's my intro. That? Yeah. yeah, it's my intro yeah. to jump in. Yeah. Okay. So you want to you want to practice? Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll rewind it a little bit because there's a part for Randolph in the song that they built in. All right. We're, we'll go back to uh, right here. Facebook, email, tweet us, get out your closet if you're dropping our names. Now let's come together, there's nothing else to say. Let's start the show, Randolph, hit him with the... Hey! That's right. <laughs> What's happening with you? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I told Chad uh, that we, nice. should, we should have a longer... Uh, that's really... Let the beat ride out for a while. That's really good. Out. That's really good. That Let was, me hear the very beginning, because he got some... He started off... Three. Jake. Throw in the uh, bitches leave in there. That's the leave. one. 
Bitches leave. Relax, hit that, roll up your sleeve. All your cool motherfuckers can stay, but bitches leave. That's perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's yeah. perfect. They had Haywood's hey, okay. laugh. Haywood's hey, laugh is in there. Uh, a couple of our catchphrases are in there. Fleece bitches, Johnson. Bitches leave. Makes an appearance. Do you know I sometimes just sit on the couch just saying that? Bitches leave. <laughs> I just sit on the couch and I'll just go, bitches leave. And your daughter will be like, I'm right here. <laughs> bitches leave. I don't want to leave. Jars leave. Bitches leave. That is the best. That is the best line. All right. Bitches leave. So that is. I like the song. I do too. Um, that's yeah, the verse. I like that line. I thought it was very well done. Well done. Um, did did Chad do the verse? No, Chad didn't rap it, but he wrote it. He, he wrote, wrote it. it. That yeah. is well done, Chad. Chad wrote it. Uh, Dustin Chalfo did the vocals, and Wayne Beats did the beats. Did the beats, and uh, Chad sent me some links. We opened this episode with one of his songs, uh, but there's some instrumental stuff, so we might we might use some of his songs in general for intro outro stuff and going forward too. So excellent work, gentlemen. Um, and we're going to open Thursday's episode with that for sure. That's fantastic. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Bitches leave. So all you other listeners are on notice. <laughs> notice. Yeah. We have two intro songs. We still haven't got one from Romaine or uh, Petey. Do we know anyone else who's a musician? Uh, Haywood plays a saxophone. Actually, a cat, a friend of mine at the at the gym today, his son uh, makes beats. I just found this out. He played some beats for me that his son made with some raps. It's really good. Okay. I told his son, I said, listen, if your son is interested. Um, Exposure. I do a podcast. He might want to be interested in doing something for me. Tell him I'd like to talk to him about it. So yeah, this just happened today. So All right. We'll see. That'll right. be good. I, I think uh, I don't, nothing against Abbasi, but I think I like Chad's better. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it's maybe it's just new. It's fresh. I like them. I like them both. Yeah, but okay. So Chad is the Chad is leading in the clubhouse <laughs> Chad right is now. Leading the clubhouse right now. <laughs> Although maybe you know we've we've played a bossies a bunch of times. So this one's new and yeah. fresh. So that's got something to do with it too. How exciting for you? Yeah, bitches leave. <laughs> bitches leave. So uh, yeah, nice trying work. To help, trying to help somebody with sightseeing in New York right now. Mm. Uh, on your, what, texting? They're asking me a How question. do you define a, 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 a bitch versus a jar? Because <laughs> oh, bitch, bitch is an all-encompassing word that shouldn't be used to refer to the beautiful, sweet women uh-huh. of planet Earth. Right. It should not be Go used. Go see Ghostbusters. Should not be. Having said that. Only hookers. Um, bitches ain't nice. <laughs> they just... Oh, all right. Just this rolls nice. into this rolls into something I've perfected. Just ain't nice. There's two types of people in the world. There's nice people who can be mean, and uh-huh. there's mean people who can be nice. So if you're a mean person who can be nice, you're a bitch. Yeah, you ain't nice. You're then you're not, not, if you're not really nice to everyone, you're not nice. Yeah, you're not no, really exactly. A nice that's, that's the point. Yeah, you're, if, just, you're not. If you're not a nice, if you're not nice to everyone, you are yeah, not, you're nice. not nice. You're a bitch. Yeah, yeah I know what I'm if, nice though, to this person, this person, but the doorman... People that you can get something doorman, from. The doorman, I'm right. not nice to. You're right. talking about just random people you encounter because there are people in your life who you have reason not to be nice to. Anymore. Well, I, yeah, but that's different. Yeah. yeah. You're just talking, talking about, about like clerks at a store. Your, yeah, yeah. Uh, just people that you encounter in your day-to-day yeah. life. People who you'd walk away and go, oh, they were nice and they weren't nice just because they were trying to right. be nice. Right. right. A good right. example of that is is the president who... He speaks to people. He's this, a bitch. Just this oh. guy walking oh. by, or that guy. Or, <laughs> come or, here, little baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or uh, Dave Chappelle. Like a dude. Yeah, come here, little nigga. <laughs> 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 or like a guy, yeah. like the the attendant somewhere who's excited to see him, and you right. know, 
He's just a genuine guy, which is why up, everybody likes him. He wakes up like, oh, oh, I'm still the president. Yeah, he's just a genuine guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, Secret Service don't like it because they're like, motherfucker, yeah. really, man? <laughs> We're going into the crowd again. We're going into the crowd. <laughs> that baby could have a bomb. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But then there's the then there's the Amorosas of the world, with the with the shit smile. I'm like, right. come on, bitch. Really, bitch? Leave. Really, bitch? <laughs> leave. <laughs> leave, bitch. Bitches leave. Bitches leave. <laughs> 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 leave. Come on, bitch. Yeah. I see you. I see you. I see you. You know. What did you think of? Uh, I, li- I really like this, by the way. The intro song. song? Yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play that. We're gonna what open. What did you Thursday think way. of? Um, did you guys watch the president president talk the town hall? No, no but you told me about it. <sighs> I didn't watch any of that. I saw the articles about it, and uh, they were like, right. Oh, I mean, man. we were just talking. You were just talking about this. How he- it's a real tight rope that he walks. It's ridiculous. I, I'm, I just don't like it anymore. I've never, I've never liked it. I'm sure he doesn't particularly care for it either. No, but he has but he's to like, do I it. I got to watch. I got to walk this dumbass tight rope. Right. He doesn't care for it. I'm sure at this point, you can kind of tell. Yes, he's gotten blacker and blacker. Here's this, a question: This last year, of his do you presidency? think he's going to speak out more strongly mm-hmm. once he is no longer the president? Yep. Do you think he's going to express a real opinion, or is he just going to ride the line? I think you're going to no. I think the riding the line will be done because he's been a politician for a long time, so he's had to ride that line riding for a long time. Riding the line would come into play if, if you have something uh, to lose. Well, not not even that. To gain. No. Do we even need to be clear about what the line is? Like we keep saying, he's riding everybody, the line. Everybody knows what it what, is. Yeah. What I was going to say is riding the line. Um, it depends on what his goals are going forward because he could be the guy or a guy in the next election cycle to sort of endorse the next candidate. Yeah. You know, and he's a fairly young guy and he could stay sort of active politically in his party if he wanted to. So if he wants to do that and sort of help ensure more Democrats win or, um, you know, more people, I guess, like him get elected, then he's going to have to play a little close to the vest and not just come out guns blazing. Well, it's not like he's going to go interview for another job No, but <laughs> after being the president. But if he comes out and gets too real, then people might not, his endorsement might not help. Might not candidates. have the weight, right. Yeah, because people might, you know, you know how they do, they fucking distance themselves from a, a, a popular politician. Yeah. So it depends on what he wants to do. Does he care about that or does he want to just say, you know what, I already, I made the, pre- I got to president, I'm going to do whatever fuck I want. It's not really something I've ever heard heard him take a particular stand on you know Mm -hmm. he's never really had to stand on it because being black and running for president was enough for the black community he raised them up enough but and then i don't know if he it's 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 the same it's the same line yeah because for some people in the black community he hasn't done enough i yeah but for but for he's never going to lose. He's never going to lose the black community. That's not going to happen. No, but I mean, he's, he would have to do something egregious. But he is going to go down in history, whether or not he, he helped in the small in in this window of time in the the brutality that we're living in. He will go down as the first black president. So he what, has changed history. What he has done is he he has been well. Let, let's let's review. Sure. He has destroyed the GOP. Destroyed them. They are factioned. He has dist- it directly because of him. Yeah. <laughs> so he they destroyed. Sort of, they sort of. They needed someone themselves. to compete with yeah. him, and yeah. they couldn't and they find anyone. Tore themselves apart yeah. because of him. Now so. they now they have a man that we created in a lab. So yeah, he's done that. <laughs> he um, he has shined the light on the racial inequities in this country. Um, twofold. One, the camera. Everybody has a camera in their pocket. And two, we have a president that it could impact, and he has said that these things could impact me. These things that are happening could impact me. 
Right. He's never not said that. If my my son looked like Trayvon, my son, my son Trayvon looked like he could be my son. Right. They went crazy. They didn't go crazy because he said that. They went crazy because it's true. Right. That's why they went crazy. But it's like and that was the collective no. And also, but it's true. People then tried to flip it around because whenever a, a, a young black man commits a crime, like oh, is, is that your son too? Right. Barack. You know. So right. they 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 tried to use it against him. Yeah, he could be my you son. Know? I mean, pretty much everything he says could be used against him. Right. If he's not yeah. careful, which is the tightrope that he walks. Right. Yeah. So when he did this, when he did this, this town hall that ABC put on, and he agreed, wasn't even really advertised. I had no idea what was going on. No, yeah, I I came in in the middle of it, and I watched a little bit. I knew it was going to be how it was. I watched a little bit of it, where he has to. It's that thing that we talked about on last week's podcast. Whenever you criticize the police, you have to start your criticism with. Listen, there are a lot, lot of great police officers. You have to right. start with that. You have to. It's bullshit. Let me say first. Yeah, it's, it's just, I love and respect our bullshit. law enforcement professionals who right. put their life on the line every day to protect and us it's, and, it's bullshit. and keep but us safe. This it's is just having placate, said that. Having right. said that, it's just to placate people. It's bullshit. It's not real. It is absolutely to placate people. It's 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 because the everybody's so sensitive that before you say anything that has a real edge to it, you have to qualify it with the parameters of it like let me first say i'm not saying this and i'm not saying this and i'm not saying this so that you've already squashed the debate beyond that with police you get into a situation though where saying that police shouldn't treat other races differently is seen as having as a point that has an edge to it yeah you know like why would you need to qualify stop killing unarmed people unjustly with I mean, I'm, you guys are good, you know. So it's like it's that the the line gets drawn closer now because that's considered an edgy statement yeah. to say, right? Because know. it's not an official stance of the police. It's not right. something that they no, should officially yeah. be doing. It's not an official stance. But, but, but Obama has to qualify this yeah, so non-edgy statement as though he's saying something edgy. edgy he has to appeal to the entire saying, people. Right. Well, the people. Well, this is the thing: is that um, love of the the deification of police is a thing in this culture. Police cannot do anything wrong, which is why they're they're doing stuff wrong every day. They're known of this. I say the institution of policing is flawed. <laughs> yeah, it's like Obama picked his battle, his battles, yeah. um, and that was not one of them. Well, well, he's just he's in it. He is now because so it's happening he, he's while he's not, still in office. He's not afraid of it. You know, he's in it. The institution of policing is flawed. Um, it's based on the racism in this country, which is flawed, which will never be discussed. As Haywood said last week, and and if you know anything about police, you know that the reason why police exist were to track down runaway slaves. That's why there's police. I did not. That's know that. the invention of the police. Before the police, there were sheriffs, and there were federal marshals, and there was nobody to go in between these lines of counties of sheriffs and federal marshals to do work to to track runaway slaves. Oh my god! So they created the police force. That's the inception of the police force. That's it? why now today you still have sheriffs. Right. And pol- you shouldn't have sheriffs. There's no reason to have sheriffs. If you have police, there's no reason to have sheriffs. We, we were saying, we were talking about this yesterday, right? This mm-hmm. whole, the mm-hmm. tightrope thing. And then I said something that kind of struck me as soon as I said it. It was like terrifying. Mm-hmm. Oh, what did I say? I said, um, this is the reason why police kill black men so that we won't be in this position again with a black president. Yeah. They're stuck with a black president. Yeah, right. And it's like, well, let's go kill the next one. <laughs> we'll kill the next one. We will make sure this never happens again. <laughs> we'll kill the next one. <laughs> Lesson you know. learned. Terrible, terrible you know, thing to say is, and to think, but... You know, but it, this has been happening. 
Yeah. You know, and it's it it I just today a young woman on Facebook put up a thing about the kid who got rousted out of his car the other day. Sean King put it up yesterday on Facebook. He got shot with a taser, got rousted out of his car. They took him to jail. They thought he was somebody that he wasn't. Oh my god. The police lied. They lied. They, right. They, did you see the video? I didn't watch it. I read the article. But like, they, 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 they had body cams on for a change. Yeah. And, um, and the body cams show them lying. Because body cams apparently are made by the fucking Acme company. Yeah. So, they're, I mean? like, so they're editable? Is that what you mean? No, yeah, basically. No, it's like fucking Wiley Coyote shit. It's like, oh, it's the just, Acme company. It fucking didn't work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It fell off. It's weird. So. I beat it until it stopped working, yeah. and now yeah. it doesn't work. It blew up in my hand. <laughs> yeah. you so know, so they, they go to this. this they kid actually worked in this case. This kid is sitting in a car. They tell him to get out of the car. He goes, for what? And so you're such and such. He goes, no, I'm not. I'm Patrick. They're like, we need to get out of the car. They did not get his ID. He, they didn't ask for it. That's the that's thing. The, they just told him to get out of the car. Number one thing. He said, let me see your warrant. So he's okay? argumentative. They didn't. They didn't. Well, they, they said they had a warrant. The, yep, they said, we have a warrant. He goes, let me see it. They didn't, never produced it. The minute he asks for a warrant, they have to show it to you by law. Right. If they don't show it to you, it's now an illegal search and seizure. They didn't show it to him. So so no matter what you say moving forward as a defender of the police, which is what I had a back and forth with a guy and I was like, no matter what you say moving forward, no matter what you say, no matter what happens moving forward, everything is based on an illegal act by the police, an illegal act that we're all seeing. But you don't want to talk about it. It's never. It's never. The police shouldn't do that. It's always. Well, he should have just got out of the car and complied. Like, well, why? Why? He doesn't have to get out of that car. He literally doesn't have to get out of the car. Right. It's not. It's not against the law for him to sit in that car. And the minute he says, "Let me see the warrant," they have to produce it and show it to him. They have to. That's the law. So what they'll tell you is, as a black man, is we'll just do what they say, right? And then later on, be nice. You can you can tell that's bullshit though. Why should I have to do that? Because Why? you don't want to die. But that's see, but and that's that's that's, the, that's thing. the fear. But that's the thing is, we have to stop. And that's not just us. Now we're talking about white people. Yes, we can't allow this to keep going on. And when you talk about it, that's what happens because the the fealty to police is ingrained in our system. The the they are gods and just do what they say. Even if they're even if they're doing something that's against the law, that's against civil rights, that's against the constitution, fine, let them do it. It's just a fear. I reject fear. that. It's I, a fear-based thing. I reject that. We have to as a as a country reject that. And until we do, none of this is going to stop. Well, it's like just saying, look, Cops are gonna do this, right? So you got to figure out, and and, then, and as far as making cops not do that, that's not. It's it's almost like the rape culture thing. Is like, why don't you teach guys not to rape, right? Rather than right. teach women not to wear that dress, right? It's like, well, these they're out there, so right. so I mean, you nothing could, you can do about it. But I mean, you can make the same argument about mental health. Like, why don't we teach these people not to bring guns into crowded movie theaters, right? Instead of teaching people how to deal with people that bring guns into crowded movie theaters, like right. And instead, people just kind of throw their people hands how up to in the air, like maintain yeah. their brains. This is going to yeah. happen, so you got to you got to do just something. Just got to deal end. with it. Well, no, I yeah. reject that because this guy, this police officer, is an officer of the state, right? 
which means he's an officer of the government, which means he's doing something that's constitutionally wrong. So what you're willing to do as a country is allow a certain section of the country to be to be treated in a second-class citizenship because it makes you feel better. And you make excuses for the people doing it. It makes you feel safer, and it's an illusion of safety. It's just like a deal-with-it mentality, like, it's it's like a it's not happening to me so it, right. you can pretend it's not happening. Right. I've never gotten involved with politics or with any sort of strong stance any direction truly ever. I just want to go home. I just want to like live my life and go home and not be worried about it. That's really how I feel about it. But, that's what all black people want. We just want to go no, home. No, that's what I mean. Like <laughs> I can ignore it as long as I can go home and live my life. But when you have an entire class of people that just want the same thing, they just want to go home and not worry about it and they can't. Right, because mm-hmm. they're getting stopped and killed at routine traffic stops. To not to not worry about, about it. it. Like right. the, when they say, "Well, we got to fix this," just don't worry about it. But you can't just be polite. You know, like when, right. whatever. But that's where that was. That was what flicked the light on for me. By the way, you have a black man that you're coming home to, so you better be worried about it. I absolutely he am may worried. Not make it home one day. Yeah. <laughs> And if you, oh my god, uh, I had forgotten about and that. And if you were lucky enough to both, have, <laughs> I wonder sometimes if it's like, okay, so my wife is married to a black. Does she think about it the way I think about it? Probably not, because she's never had to. No, I don't even. You I don't think, have to. It's always present in my mind. Sure, always. It never leaves my mind. I don't know <sighs> how much Herbie thinks about it either, because he is of the same philosophy uh, to a degree of. I don't want to think about it or like I'm not getting involved in politics. Yeah. But it's not political anymore. It is human nature. I can't do, I've never been the one who could, I was when I was younger. I can't do that anymore. I'm feeling I can't now. I think some people, it's just like anything else. Um, You sort of, you you want to escape it. Right. So people just say, I'm going to put that out of my head for a while. Mm -hmm. So there are, it's not even like uh, someone who's deliberately not woke or head in the sand or whatever. Some people just like, I don't want to carry this burden around. Um, I need to just stop thinking about this for a while. You know? uh, yeah, I and you get fatigued by it. I can't right. help but think like Herbie and I have been together for six years. I have lost count of how many times he's been pulled over with yeah. me in the car, but it's been at least five, yeah. five yeah, or it six. It shouldn't happen yeah. like that. I mean, it shouldn't be happening like that. But <laughs> unless I w- they're pulling him over because he's he's beating his car I mean, apart, he, and like, listen, you got to stop. Well, that's riding right around both, on bald tires. <laughs> we <laughs> both get we both get like very like yeah. Um, I one time when I mean I got, I get pulled over and the guy's like you seem nervous I'm like I get nervous around police yeah that's yeah. the truth yeah. I'm nervous right now because yeah. you're standing right there and the police the police they like he's that. like yes. oh I'm sure they feed on they it they like that Hell yeah made her nervous <laughs> yeah they like that he got pulled over once we were in um, like Louisiana or something I can't remember what state we were in it was a southern state he gets pulled over uh, once and then gets let go and then gets pulled over not two blocks later. Mm-hmm. For, yeah. uh, and they were like, yeah, we just got a lot of cops out, a lot of people drinking tonight. And he just always, he's very compliant. I would say the word is compliant with police. And they, I mean, nothing's ever happened. He so, never reaches into his thank waist. Christ. What? He never reaches into his waistband for no reason. <laughs> um, no. Mm-mm. His waistband's disappeared. That's uh, that's that's one thing that happens a lot when like there's a shooting. It's like he was reaching for his waistband and then they, there's nothing in his waistband. No, I mean he's it's like why was he doing that? And then yeah. even when you do comply, he's very articulate. Yeah. So he's just like, even, no, this is what I'm doing. Even when you do comply, doesn't mean you anything. can still die. Sure, <laughs> that's what. But that's that. Yeah. Die. Yes. <laughs> die. You and have then, a headlight out. It's time to yeah, die. Yeah, Are you and kidding then, me? And then white America. We'll try to tell you, oh, but we have the same. Th- no, we don't. I, I can't even. Are you speak crazy? On it. <laughs> Are you crazy? Why would you think that? Because if you, if you truly look at it, you have to see your complicity. Compl- is that the word? Complicity. Complicity in it. You have to see how complicit you are with it because you are. 
but th- th- so this the part I saw was on this town hall on race. A woman stands up and says that I was talking to my wife about this, and I ended up getting mad at my wife again. A woman stands oh, up again. and uh, stands <laughs> up and says, um, "Well, she gets mad at me. I don't think she doesn't." A woman stands up and says, "Her husband is her son is a Baltimore police officer." And this was talking to Obama at the yeah, time. Yeah, talking to Obama. She's worried about him because during the during the riots, people were throwing stuff at him and stuff like that. And uh, so Obama had now now he has to say. Well, you should be proud of your son. First of all, he, you know, he's a he's a police officer. And he's doing good work, and I'm like, okay, lady, <laughs> like woman, I don't give a fuck about your son, and I'll tell you why because your son is part of a corrupt police department. The Baltimore police he's department is probably safer than the people riding. Right, he's part of a corrupt police department. How do I know this? Because a man that was a member of the police department. Let me get his name right because uh, Violet Gray. I had read his article, but then Violet sent me a video that he was interviewed on the Young Turks. Um, He's an ex-Baltimore police officer. He came out of the Marines. I think I saw this guy on something. He joined joined the Baltimore PD. Right out of the Marines, joined the Baltimore PD. His name is Michael Wood. Ex-Baltimore cop Michael Wood exposes police culture of corruption and abuse. Interview with Sink Urich. Look that up. Ex-Baltimore cop Michael Wood exposes police culture of corruption and abuse. And listen to the things that he says. And okay. read the article, that he, the, the piece that he wrote. He quit. He was like, I can't. I'm not going to. I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. I can't do this because we, they're taught to view black people as literally the enemy. They're taught that. And he's like, I can't do this. They're, they're, they go into people's houses, no warrant. They just walk in. A guy, a police officer took a shit in somebody's house just because he thought it was funny. Did he flush? No, he took a shit on the floor in the corner. Wasn't a toilet. Oh. <laughs> he took a shit on the floor the hell, in the, the f- corner because what? he thought it was going to be funny. <laughs> That'd be weird if he went in and then flushed the toilet also. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did flush. Took but. a shit in the corner because he <laughs> thought it was going to be funny. Why would you do that? That's, that's what he was like. What the fuck is happening here? That's some frat boy. <laughs> right. That's something that even even if you uh, even if you're like a prankster. Yeah, you still got to know the guy before you shit in his, his yeah. house. Like, it's got to be some kind of like you check the ply on the toilet paper. Yeah, right. You don't shit indiscriminately. Right. In he just houses. went and shit on his floor. <laughs> look, ridiculous. look him up and listen to things he's saying. And it's because of that that I said. And you think he's the only one who knows these things are happening? He's not. No. Michael Wood. Baltimore, ex Baltimore cop Michael Wood exposes police culture of corruption and abuse. It's forty five minutes. Where he speaks from the eye, he brought, he was like, I can't, I'm not doing it anymore. He like went back to school to get a PhD well, in business him. management. He was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Well, he shit on the floor. I'm, I'm stuck. And on he that. was, and he was a marine. Yeah, <laughs> he came out of the marines and said, Here's what I'll do. I'll, this is I'll where become, I draw the line. I'll become a member of the police and I'll make a difference in do the community good. and blah 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 blah. And he was like, What the fuck am I a part of? Was the uh, was the person home when he shit on their floor they break into a guy's house right. no knock no knock raid yeah yeah they go in he says when they do stuff like that he said first of all when we do stuff like that we break everything we're just walking around breaking shit right we're not they're not nice to your house they destroy your fucking house they just break up all the shit in your house just come walking in yeah yeah basically that's, Bitches that's, leave. That's it right there. <laughs> and then it. he takes a shit. And then he takes a shit. The oh next scene, God. they cut they cut it out of the movie, but <laughs> Clarence Boddicker takes Bonner, a shit. Boddicker shitting in the corner. Yeah. Which is exactly what he does. 
bitches leave. Bitches leave. And then he starts shitting. It's really. You know. <laughs> Anybody in the house, they take them outside and throw them on the ground. So why would the people of Baltimore rise up and burn the community? Well, that, that would be why. Why did they put? I can't understand why that kid ran from the police. That would be why. So the guy was home when he when they came in. And yeah, they come in. They come in and rouse the guy. They pull him outside. The dude. Further, the guy had nothing to do with what they were. He was like, I don't know, Chuck. Just about. for no reason. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, Chuck. About oh, you're selling drugs out of this house. No, I'm not. We'll see. What's that shit on the floor? <laughs> that was his guys, shit. You guys planted it. His you guys shit. planted shit. The guy's like, I don't know. <laughs> There's wh- weed in that shit. <laughs> what we're even doing here? Open and shit case, John. Damo oh. said it best when he said, the, you know, the good cops, they quit. Right. Right. He was like, they quit. They the go same get with PhDs. good teachers. He was like, they could. He was like, we can't, I can't do this. Yeah. I quit. So when that woman stands up and says it, I'm like, well, your son is complicit in this, in this police force. Either he knows what's happening. And he's okay with it, or he doesn't know what happened, and he's a fucking idiot because he doesn't see what's happening around him, and I don't want him to be a police officer. Well, then what happens <laughs> if you don't want to quit? What can you do? I don't. I, I, my thing would be, you got to draw a line in the sand at some point. Either we're going to stop doing this. You pull an Ethan Hawke. Or yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we got you your make, back. You make training day. <laughs> we got your back. <laughs> you know, either you quit, or you stay there and be complicit in it. Okay, but here's a bigger question. Do you believe that this can get better? No. It's not going to get better, is no, it? So it. so it can't get better because America doesn't want it to be better. It I I just think it's it's one piece in a much larger a larger puzzle which is like this is going to get a little hippie, but I think the vibrational levels of our humanity is changing and it's getting worse and it's going to get a lot worse. And I don't think it's going to get better. I can't see. I, can't I don't see think it's going to get better. So I don't see why so it would get better. I just like I just take a duck and cover mentality. I really do. I mean, I wish I could self preservation. Uh, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. I wish I, I wish I could. I I've don't even think one who can. Yeah, because it directly affects me. At this point, with, with the anger and sadness that I I feel and that I'm seeing other people feel, I don't want to do nothing. But I just don't. I just I, I'm trying to have faith. I just don't. That's all. Right. Well, and yeah. that's, the, that's part of the fatigue of it, um, which if you're white, the, the I guess what happens is you can actually, you can sort of clock out on yeah. these things and, and, and leave it behind. Uh, the, you know, when, I'm not going to do that, though. But I mean, in general, like, you know, that, that's kind of like, well, I can just kind of get away from it. You know, like, I can, I can do that, too. I can just kind of like, well, you know. Not only that, we will never understand right. it. I can go live in some other, like, middle nowhere place if I want. But if you're black, you're still going to get pulled over. You know what right. I mean? So, when they when they when they run down the names of like uh, all the hat every hashtag from the last you know three years all the reasons that people have been shot I'm like oh yeah that, who was which one was that one like yeah. you know all you lose track yeah I'm like oh, f- oh that's oh which one who was that one again I gotta like go Google it or, or whatever yeah because there's a fatigue to it it's like I don't think you I you can't like care about all of them and keep them in your mind in the forefront all the time 100 mm-hmm. of the time because it's so much and then but if you're white you get to sort of say you know what. I'm going on vacation from this. I, I didn't feel like there was really anything that I could do, but I, it sounds like just expressing this outrage is helpful. Well, that's what we talked about. We talked about you on the podcast last you week. You did? Yeah, a little bit. That we, you and I were having a discussion about, uh, because of the gentleman I told you, don't. don't. Do not ask this no, person. Not, you're yeah. not going to get anything. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so don't. Just be present. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing is, is, is be present. You don't even have to say anything. 
No, just, just be there. Being present, but there have always been white people involved in whatever movement that has been there. There's always been, there always have been. Mm-hmm. There always have been, and there, there always will be. Because black people aren't, we're only what, 18% of the population? There's not that many of us. You know, so it, it's it, like 13, buddy. Yeah, is it 13? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got picked on a lot by black women. So there's not that many of us. Can't let, yeah, let that go. Oh, yeah. That's a fear reaction. That's a fear reaction against you. You've literally got to let that go because as a, as a white woman, you're still fine. Yeah. Nothing is going to happen to you beyond these girls picking on you. Yeah. yeah. There will be other black women who don't. Oh, no, I got beat on, on as well. Yeah, but there's nothing, nothing beyond that is going to happen beyond these girls. That's when you true. go out They're into the system, there's just a lot of anger. The system is going to be fine towards you. Sure. So, yeah, you have anger towards them. No, I don't have anger. But I mean, if you do towards them, you can have anger towards them because they shouldn't have done it to you. I have anger towards people who fucked with me a lot. And that was black people as well as white people as well as just people. Mexican people. Yeah. But, I mean, there's different reasons, but you can have it towards them. Mm-hmm. But the system is not designed against you. No. And that's the, that's the big thing. that This is the thing we talked about last week where the guy was like, and here's my example of racism. No. Right. Fuck out of right. here. No. Here, this is what happened to me when I was 15. Yeah. No. Yeah, the one example that you, you hold on to. And I keep I bringing it up. It. Well, you didn't get over it because you keep bringing it up. I keep bringing it up. My <laughs> one example. So you didn't get over it. You see how that's I got over you it? Keep bringing it up. You also didn't recognize that this one thing happening to you is not the system right. happening to you. Your right. life's not on the line when you leave the house every day. Well, people that must like be to, terrifying. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's a bit. <laughs> people like to make it about specifically them. It's I really. Like if someone yeah. says white people, like, not me. Well, that's not. Yeah, what they I'm not mean. saying no. you. So stop thinking it's you. Generalizations. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's an overarching generalization. I mean, the truth is, as a as someone growing up, like you 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 know that there is that outrage and that fear from mm-hmm. the black community. But I was raised knowing that that was a feeling. So I guess I was a little desensitized to it until recently mm-hmm. when I didn't, didn't really understand that that fear was that fear and anger is literally every day, every moment, mm-hmm. every time that something so, happens. So when those black girls are flexing at you, they're like, well, here's my opportunity to show, to, to get back at one of these white people. Yeah. That's where that comes from. What you should have done was kicked dog shit out of one of them. Yeah, that's what you should have done. <laughs> you know, I'm a comic. You should have right? picked up. <laughs> Even at twelve, I was a comic. Picked <laughs> up something and like a knife and went upside there. No, no, a knife, a book, Bitches something, leave. and, you go, and well, kicked dog shit out of one of them, <laughs> and they would left you alone. Bitches leave. <laughs> Just throw one of those on. Because let me tell you what a black but those, girl. But it in was the worlds it, of Cheryl Underwood. Let me tell you what a black woman hates. <laughs> that would be getting her ass kicked by a white <laughs> by a white chick. But you know, but all right. Sheila imagine, imagine if you will. Seven 12-year-old girls, six of them black, all friends, and me. Yeah. I might have had white girl That's friends, but those chicks are not going to help. That's what I say. They ain't going to help. I like to I talk, I like to, talk to one people. This is what you do. You pick one, you get her alone, but, and you <laughs> jump her ass. All right. You alone. get her alone? <laughs> you jump her ass. What do I do? Jump her do I dangle alone? a brownie in a corner oh, or something? follow her ass, catch her ass home, jump her ass Shit. with a stick. With a stick. <laughs> and put it on her ass a little bit. They'll leave you, they'll leave you alone. With a stick. This is old school stick. now. You can't do that shit now because now they want to <laughs> shoot. Now it's going to be on camera. Yeah, old school. <laughs> you could beat the shit, you beat the shit out of Oh, somebody. man. I Let me or state for the record, I have no interest in beating yeah. a black woman with a stick. At this. <laughs> 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 Bitches leave. Bitches <laughs> leave. How am I ra- the villain right now? <laughs> that, that rage is being directed at all white at, people, and they're they're funneling it at you. Because I when enjoy they go that. Out, because when they go out <laughs> into this world, 
Yeah. They're they're still at the bottom. It's a struggle uh as a <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and make this about myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> it's about a me. A white female comic in the midst of police brutality and all that. And you just look around and you go, man, like nothing that I ever have to say has any value. <laughs> I've not experienced anything. It was a little That's difficult you, for a few days you there. You listen. You yeah. do, right. Yeah. But, but we provide amplification for our voices. That's what we do. So yeah. what am I going to say that, any any black person is going to think, oh well, that's valid or important to well, listen to. Well, some of it to. is just, I mean, a lot of stuff that's said is ultimately just kind of for show. It's just to it's just to get a conversation going because you're not going to fundamentally change a system on a Facebook. No, wall I'm talking about stand up though. Like it, it, on stage, like what are you going to not address it? Should you address it? Should you be blind? To, like if act blind you, to it? You think is best for you to do? If that's what you do, if you're act, if if you're not someone who writes those kinds of jokes, right. and then you try to. It might be clumsy at first, at least. I actually have you know? one. I got one that I'm happy yeah. with. So I mean, just you do what you, you do. What you? I you just do, think it. You just do yeah. what's in your heart. Uh, <laughs> did my mother enter the room? But if you but if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. Don't, don't leave. force yourself. Don't force yourself to do it. <laughs> no, I know. I, you know. All of us can't be Russ Green up there bombing. Oh my god! <laughs> it was amazing. Do you want to know something funny? We were both there. Well, uh, with for the Russ Green, week. the last yeah, week, the, oh, was the phenomenal was so Russ funny. Green versus a room full of white people, it was so funny, phenomenal bomb. Um, <laughs> well, the, I walked in because I came yeah. in after that. You guys were still talking about. Well, it, it was it, it was, was amazing. So I yeah. loved watching him stand on it because it was a bomb, and he was like, oh. I, he could have backed out and done something to so try funny. and get him. And the audience was laughing. He at the had way no, we were laughing yeah. at him. Yeah. He had no interest in doing that. But then, so the next day. The the stories of that Russ Green's um, draft house set were like coming out on like Monday and Tuesday, and somebody was like relaying the story to me that wasn't there, and they're like, "Yeah, he he really he just like gave it to them hard, and they loved it." And I was like, no, "Not didn't. at all what happened." No, they didn't. But I, that's no, they this didn't. game of telephone is fucked up because no, that's not what we happened. Were standing in the back, the guy's howling. like, <laughs> seriously, this guy's like trying to relay the story to me. I was like, I was there. He was like, Yeah, yeah, let me tell you the story. I was like, Are you kidding me? I was there. <laughs> we He's trying. Silence your voice. Yeah. <laughs> I will be heard. That's not. They're like, yeah. And it was tells Andy, and Andy goes magical. But that's not, but that's not funny, man. Right. <laughs> well, that's the you, thing you said. Robot bombs not funny. Not <laughs> well, no, I I got a joke about robot bomb, but <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't that. It was because it was like, oh man, Russ fucking bombed. I came in from my other show. I just gotten there, and uh, it was, was like, oh, it, it wasn't go. just a bomb. It was a phenomenal bomb. Right. Yeah. It was one that it still was, resonates. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I just figured, well, they just weren't into what he was saying. It was whatever. like a Paul. Oh, no. And so I said, well, well, so what, what was uh, what was that? Just like a tight crowd or like they weren't into like heavier topics because sometimes a late night, midnight show or whatever. So I, he goes, yeah. he actually said, he goes. I didn't get him on my side first. He said, no, I just, uh, I just said, I wish that they had a robot that would just blow off white people's faces. <laughs> I must have blocked that out. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, no, he said. He said. I wish Black Lives Matter had a robot that would just blow off white people's oh faces my God. or something like that. And then he gets off stage and, and he's I like, said, well, "It worked yesterday." I said, "Well, that's not funny." <laughs> <laughs> and also, and that's when I walked away. <laughs> I was like, but also, yeah, I tried to. I was like, it was dumb. amazing. What I told him was that. I mean, that's <laughs> arguably that's not even a joke. But <laughs> the thing, what I said was, you're gonna lose. Everyone with yeah. that because you're gonna lose all white people. He did. But you just went on stage and said, "I want white people." And then all the Black Lives Matter people who don't want violence associated with 
their movement yeah. are not going to applaud. <laughs> let's have a Black Lives Matter robot that bombs people. I might be getting the joke wrong, but it was, no, no, it was in that joke. realm. <laughs> that's the joke. He was like, so, some people just want to watch the world twice. He yeah. did it twice. He did it at the improv. He did it at the improv. We the yeah. yeah. He said it worked too, right? No, no. It worked the first time and then it, had, it, it didn't work. Okay. It's it an worked because they it worked liked in him, that they didn't shut him but down. But there was a lot of silence. <laughs> yeah. And then a nervous and then nervous titters. It's a very tense and so, I'm going to say unfunny topic. But the thing yeah, there's no funny in it. There's no funny. There's in it. funny. If you want to look for well, the funny, well, I applaud you, but you are going to bomb. Let me put it this way. There's, not in that there's funny angle. in it, but not the way he says it. <laughs> well, and, and that's, he's coming that's at the them aggressive. He's, he's coming he's, at them hot. He's going he's going trial trial by fire. So sure. he's going to go up with the idea and just and just say it. But the the thing what I what I, my point was just like that that idea is no, who's going to get behind that who's who yeah. in the crowd is going to be with you on yeah that? the only way that works and I think it could work if you if it's just like a super exaggerated like here's how pissed I was about this and you sort of go over the top about it but you have to make it your anger right you know, like like man I was so pissed off because I saw all these news stories and that and somehow figure out a way to, to make it about how over the not like like Russ is very like calm on stage. Mm-hmm. He's just like so it what, could come off as here's, aggressive. Here's what I think we should do. It is aggressive. It ain't coming off as aggressive. It's very measured. Coming off as aggressive because it's quite aggressive. <laughs> it's very measured. Right. When, when Russ says it, it's, 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 it's here's what I think we should do. And it's like and then his, Russ needs to right. if he infused like 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 he, like emotion into that more anger or or you a, know, like a jokey tone. Everyone to it. has jokes where they're like uh, you know just man I fuck I just want to shoot that guy you know like fake and that's anger. A, it's, yeah, it's not even fake. It's just like. You're relating how over the top your anger was. You know, if you get cut off in traffic, you're wishing horrible shit on the person who cut you off. Right. So if you tap into that with the, the crowd, collective anger, the crowd can relate to having that level of anger at something. Sure. Sometimes it's unreasonable. Sometimes it is reasonable. But you have to sell it. Russ is very like calm on stage. He's just like, "Here's what I think we should do." <laughs> yeah. like, that's what I'm. That's what I mean when I'm saying he's standing. That joke on it. needs emotion. Yeah. Yeah. It needs emotion and to give the crowd. The, the emotion is what they'll connect with. If they're not going to connect with the actual bombing, the sentiment, right. right? I love so. Milner following it. Chris Milner follows it with um. <laughs> did everybody enjoy that TED talk? <laughs> 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 he did. He he came out of it really it was well. So fucking hilarious. I mean, it Milner. was I followed Milner. It was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. It was phenomenal. Right, Shout, we're an hour thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah, let's wrap this one up. We'll pick it back up on Thursday. Thursday, and Becca will still be here with us. Yeah, we'll have the white the white jar. The white what? The white jar. The white the white jar mentality of this yeah. <laughs> sequel uh, to the bell jar <laughs> <laughs> the white jar oh my a God. study a study I'm gonna get my head uh, out of the oven for Thursday <laughs> uh, come on back here uh, give me your social stuff oh yeah um, Becca Steinhoff on Facebook and Twitter Becca E Steinhoff on Instagram shout outs to whoever took my name on Instagram had to add the E yeah fuck um, her website BeccaSteinhoff.com I put my book I'm working on a book that's up on the website you, and I post I'm gonna oh, really? start posting every day. All right. Yeah. That's What's good. the book about? Um, my um, my book is called um, "What I Was Doing When I Wasn't Doing Nothing." Okay. <laughs> um, so it's memoirs and mantras. All right. Yeah. Sure. All right. You don't want to call it the jar? No, oh, that's, that's a working title. So <laughs> if we if I the jar memoirs of a jar. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Living out of the jar. <laughs> hit it with eating out of the jar. Memoir, eating out of the jar. Memoirs of a geish. <laughs> Being the memoirs of the gooch. <laughs> Hermes' favorite word. <laughs> All right, I have a new title. The book is called. <laughs> we'll work on these. We'll work on these book titles. <laughs> uh, come see me at the DC Improv Main Room on July 27th. The Five for Five show. Five bucks. 
You get a lot of great comedy. It's, uh, I think, 8 o'clock, maybe 7.30. So come to that. Go to dcimprov.com for the tickets. There and all you that. go. And uh, that is it for me. I, I may have something. I don't know if it's going to come off or not. If it does, I'll let you guys know. Let me say it like that. I don't think it's going to, but I'll let you guys know. All right. So uh, come back the, uh, on. Picture of Chad he just posted. Was it Black Lives Matter? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, great uh, theme song, Chad. We'll be uh, leading with it on Thursday. Uh, Chad is now the leader of the clubhouse. Chad, and who else are the other cats he's with? Well, uh, we got Dustin. I'm going to get the names right. So I'll yeah, pull it up. Right. We got uh, Wayne Beats. You can find him on SoundCloud. He is. Uh, should close close us with it, by the way. Yeah, I'll, I'll have one of his instrumentals mm-hmm. closing it. And Dustin Chalifo did the uh, vocals yeah, for the yeah. for the intro. So and then we're coming back with it on Thursday. Nice work, everybody. Uh, thanks, guys. Come back to us on Thursday. We will also, be here for you while we were recording this episode we got an email from monique you'll be hearing we'll it on, thursday. on thursday's episode cool. we'll be hearing it on thursday all right so you guys take care and we'll see you guys on thursday i am randolph terrence i'm andy klein who are you i'm becca steinhoff and we are three guys on or more pickles than jars <laughs> more pickles than jars today and we are out